open up the app and the music appears But you don't see the hard work, blood, sweat, tears Three minute videos, days spent filming those Airports, sound check, live shows, studios, managers, promoters Labels, graphic design, there's a lifetime behind every rhyme Victory, failure, profit and the cost If we don't pass it on, then the history is lost Want an album review? Then you're paying for ads You want a half-page story? Cost you double for that And the radio's the same, gotta show them the money Cause they shelter and their listeners like bad boy Bubby Ignorance is bliss, but it isn't if you're missing the foundation That's why we had this conversation You wanna know the real deal? Here it is You're tuned in to Beers, Beats and the Beers all right, one, two, one, two. This is the Beers, Beats, and the Beers podcast back in effect for another week. And I am super excited to have this man sitting in front of me live in the studio. But you know how it goes. If you tuned in, then you already know what it is. We're just going to recap, back announce real quick what's been going on over the past week. Last week, we dropped the one and only, uh, the one and only, well, the episode with the one and only Michelle Grace Hunter. Um, yeah, man, we caught her via, via fucking, what do we call it, Trav? Fucking. Skype, that's it, via Skype and fucking, man, we talked all that talk. She just finished a Twitch live stream, so she's running kind of like workshop type joints um, via Twitch. You can find her on there. I mean, go to that episode, man. We went through all her photography. Went through, we went through the book Rise with her and spoke about, you know, some specific photos, um, her sound, her story, that um, the current project that she's working on with her friend. Her friend's name eludes me currently. I don't have it written in front of me. But, yeah, she's um, been doing amazing things and has been doing amazing things for um, a considerable period of time now. I mean, over the past 10 years, she's turned her passion into her, um, her career, and that's something we fucking applaud and that's something that's amazing to see man seeing people just you know taking fucking hip-hop in all its various forms and you know making it their living making it their way of life and um you know man she's been killing it she had mad stories crazy stories about shooting everyone from pharaoh and raekwon raekwon from um uh, raekwon the chef from wu-tang and um you know like everyone we're talking about the brad strut shot the hired goon shot from rise talked about the a love shot a bunch of shots you know like i think towards the end we spoke about the shot that we did when she came came up with us and um yeah man a great chick just doing her thing and man she gave us so much of her time and so much fucking insight too into like you know creative uh, you know creative license and all that kind of shit and whatever else you know so big shouts to michelle man michelle grace hunter out there doing her thing and continuing to do so and growing you know like just fucking growing running her own studio place and all that kind of shit and um you know doing the do you know how it goes but um yeah big shouts to her go back to that episode check that out when you can if you wish to it's uh, available for your ears to hear now shouts to all our patreon members once again we are fucking we're working on exclusive content for you guys if you want to support this podcast man get amongst it we're back we're delivering this content week after week we are building we are growing and actually fucking i i um i remember i listened to the start of that fucking last episode and i was like we're reaching between three thousand and six thousand people per week we're reaching between three thousand six thousand per episode per month thereabouts that's thereabouts the numbers so i don't want to lie to motherfuckers out there i'm just in the moment and fucking rattling off all these fucking numbers and figures. Holler at yeah, me, Trav. It's, it's, it's hard to get an um, exact count on the iTunes. Yeah. Um, Spotify isn't, but, isn't as hard, but 
We are reaching thousands of years a week. Yeah, so yeah, generally speaking. And over the course of a month, we're doing that. So if you want to advertise, you want to get involved with this podcast, man, we're back. We're building from the fucking ground up. Come build with us. Holler at us. Get at us via our Gmail, beersbeatsthebiz at Gmail. Holler at us on Instagram. We're always available on social media, man. We'll be fucking there at some point. Um, Shouts to everyone that's actually hollering at us at the moment, wanting to come on the show. Um, Man, listen, we're going to get to everyone in time. We're getting to you. I mean, this is a fucking, this is a week by week, case by, you know, not case by case, but week by week type thing where, you know, we're just sort of, you know, running through the list of the people that we really want to talk to. And man, we see all you motherfuckers out there doing shit. Don't think that we're ignoring you or we're rude in any which way. And I'm actually thinking about maybe trying to implement something. So like every fourth episode, maybe the last episode of the month, we talk to some new school cats or to some new dudes that are doing new things out there. So, you know, we have fucking three weeks of our legends and our OGs and the people that we love talking to, the people that created this culture. And then, you know, give you some of the legends in the making, you know, because there's a lot of people out there. And I know this week I got hit up by probably three or four different people, you know, a couple of years on social media and shit like that. And man, we appreciate the support. We appreciate um, what you guys, are, you know, we appreciate is even reaching out. So, you know, thanks to you guys. And we're just going to work at getting through everyone. I mean, obviously, man, this is a fucking vast country filled with fucking people that are doing lots of different things. And we want to get to everyone, man, you know, like we're looking at all facets of hip hop and everybody doing everything, man. You know, that's how we do that's what it is we do so you know man if you want to support this podcast hit us up patreon.com forward slash beers beats the biz like once again you want to holler at us you want to build man get at us get at us via the gmail i've already stated that one social media at beers beats the biz if you're looking to sponsor us man fucking whatever man just hit us holler at us we're fucking building we're working um what the fuck else did i have to fucking say trav was there something else man like subscribe rate us on itunes that is a massive help i actually checked that the other day and i think we got like fucking 148 ratings. We have more ratings than fucking half the podcasts on there. Most of the podcasts I follow, we've got more ratings on there. So, like, that kind of fucking spun me out. I was stoked. I was just like, wow, fuck, these cunts are really rating. So, man, keep going. Like, that fucking, um, that is a big help. That is a huge help to us. And I'm stoked by so many of you um, having leaving comments and shit. Big, once again, big shouts to the homie Drizzlax who's out there doing it. Big shouts to everyone. There's a lot of podcasts out there now, man. Spotify's got their own fucking podcast. You know, man, come, come over here, man. This is where it's at. I mean, that other Spotify podcast is talking about how it's the home of hip-hop in this country man it might be the home of hip-hop for them but this is where it's at baby this is you know this is what it is and we're talking to the motherfuckers that do you know what it is when you're laughing at trap don't fucking shrug cunt you know what we do we are hip-hop over here baby we're not talking that shit we're not talking no fucking nonsense this is what it is about you know and we're about this we're about this and we're about fucking shining light on those that have, have done it that have fucking given us the platform to do it and you know that's how it fucking works we're shaping the culture here in this country not to fucking put too fine a point on it but we're working man and we're you know we're bringing the voice back to fucking where it should be so um what else did i have to talk about not much else hey trav is that about fucking all the wrapper oh your shirts shirts shirts, so the shirts shirts will be posted monday uh yesterday yes shirts are posted yeah so there was a bit of a mix-up last week we fucking had all your pre-orders printed and they printed the wrong fucking color but that was our fault because we provided them the wrong pms color we were provided the wrong pms color by what, the design team or whatever else so it's all good your shirts have been reprinted they're reprinted in a day and they are going out tomorrow so as of you hearing this episode check your letter 
burger boxes because they will be arriving this week, later on this week at some point. They're going out tomorrow morning, man. We've got them here in our fucking hot little hands. So, yeah, those shirts are on their way, man. Look forward to those. And thank you once again to everyone supporting. We'll be doing a new run of shirts probably in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for that. You know, there's more shit to come. But today we are joined. I'll quit bullshitting because we are joined by, man, a legend of the Brisbane scene, an unsung, unheralded legend too, a dude who, um, a dude who gave me a platform when I first started fucking emceeing inadvertently. He probably doesn't even realize that. Well, he does. You know, you've heard your name mentioned on here in the past, but, you know, uh, uh, he, um, he was a DJ at like what was a breeding ground for the next generation of MCs in this country with Drop Zone at the Moon Bar back in, or you know, what was it Super Deluxe or the Moon Bar, the Empire Hotel back in the early 2000s. He's a DJ, he's an MC, he's a producer. He's just done an amazing remix of fucking Lazy's Walk and Talk. And I actually might, we might even play this. Russ, fucking hook me up the thing. We're not going to play it now, but fucking when we get to talking about this shit, he's put out albums, Fire in the Belly, um, his second album. Fuck, what is it? Sorry, dude, I'm fucking forgetting names and shit fire in the belly bigger pictures man listen without further ado let's invite the man rain man to man dude listen to the mic brother yeah, thank you like so much into a wrestling ring or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's fucking beat our chest <laughs> nah dude man thanks thank, thank you Nah, bro, I'm fucking stoked to have you here. Like I said, man, like, you you know, you're one of the first people, like, that were fucking behind turntables and shit. Like, you know, I remember when we were going out and we mm. used to see Lazy and Oath and all those dudes yeah, in yeah. fucking Drop Zone and all that kind of shit before we oh. kind of knew them intimately and all that kind of thing. And you were mm. there, man. You were, hold, you were handing us the microphones and all that kind of shit. You yeah. and your older brother, Steve. Yeah. You know, like, dude, fucking, I mean, let's just talk Drop Zone to begin with, man. Yeah. Like, you know, out the gate, we'll get into all your history and, you know, into your albums and how you discovered hip hop. Because I think you and and I probably share a very similar taste in hip hop. I've seen you in an Ice Cube shirt. I've seen you talk <laughs> yeah. about you saw Ice Cube in Cypress Hill at Festival Hall, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Can't, you know, like, yeah, man, you've done that. And I want to hear those stories. But like Drop Zone, dude, you know, mm -hmm. like for those listening, it was a real breeding ground for a lot of the MCs, the mid sort of general, the next generation of MCs that came through Brisbane mm -hmm. following the, I suppose, the DNOs, the Lazy Grades, yeah. the Writers and Nons and whatever else. Bro, break it down for us. What was, you know, the Empire yeah. Hotel on the corner of uh, Brunswick yeah. Street and yeah, and Anne, and, and yeah. Brunswick and Anne. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess yeah. It kicked off June two thousand. Um, mm -hmm. Came about through Raman was the initial kind of hook up through that. I think he knew someone who was starting to run bookings at the Moon Bar. Yep, and um, they had a spot for a one off. It was just like a going to be a single night, a Thursday night. Kind of make it a hip hop thing. Do what you want. Um, Raman must have then. I think for the first one, there was like. Spoiled brother Steve Tash was on the bill. Um, yeah. Arouse um, Ben. Um, I think Dino was billed as Butterfingers. He used to use oh, wow. that as a DJ name yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for a while back then. Yeah. Um, so the old flyers is Butterfingers, and sometimes people think yeah. Butterfingers a band played then, but they did play at a later one anyway. Yeah. Um, and Nick One did visuals. That's right. Of um, course, Nick Grace. Yeah. And yeah, it was like there's maybe five, eight, eight, ten people, and. Um, you know, I think I was probably uh, 18, 19 or something. Yeah. And um, we were just, you know, super stoked to kind of put this the first night on. Yeah. And it went really well. And I don't know if we did any live stuff that first one. It might have just been DJs. I yeah. don't know. But maybe it um, came out of that as an, an idea. But anyway, after the first one, they were like, do you want to do it as a, like, a regular thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we started doing it. And um, and then introduced open mics and all that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, and that came like um, Steve, you know, he's like five and a half years older than me. So his thing was like 
the more, you know, 80s, early 90s hip-hop and the funk, you know, like learning where all that, you know, those samples came from mm. um, and wanted to really kind of sort of bring the funk into it. Yeah. I was, you know, just fucking starting to really get into like, you know, I wanted to rap live and yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I was pretty keen to have, you know, open mic component. Yeah. Um, but we'd also, you know, been to a few open mics at that point where it was like, oh, I can, it can like turn it, to shit. It can, you know, very it can quickly, be like very rapidly. Taken. So <laughs> we used to frame them as like little open mic sessions and we build them into the times of just being like, 10 or 15 minutes. That's it's right. like, just put a cap on it. Yeah, um, yeah. You were always pretty fucking, I remember, dude, I recall. Like, you know, you just can't be like, fucking boom, that's what it is, you know. We'd go up there with routines, dude. Like, we'd yeah, have, yeah, me, yeah. like, me, Proof, Phil, like, whoever. We'd have routines ready to go. Yeah. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. No, was, yeah. Um, so it was, it was sort of good because I guess even between, like, my brother's generation and me, that's like, you know, five and a half years. So yeah. it was already kind of emerging of those sort of two audiences. So yes. some of my mates who, who wanted more, I guess, of a, you know, more straight up rap stuff. Um, you know, I could be a bit of outlet for them. I'd play more sort of, I guess, straight up hip hop mm. earlier on and then we'd kind of go more to funk and, yeah, yeah. you know, upbeat instrumental beatsy stuff or whatever later. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it kind of, I think it helped. Like the funk sort of brought in maybe sort of in a bit of an older demographic. Yeah. The live stuff brought in, you know, people like us that exactly. were like, fuck, I want to rap. We want a place, you know. Because yeah. also, like, to think about where hip-hop existed in Brisbane at that time, it didn't have too many homes. I mean, Rick's yeah. Cafe was kind of like the home for hip-hop, you know. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, that's for more our generation. I suppose the generation prior to us, they, well, you know, we did. We had other places come post that. But you yeah. guys were early in supporting hip-hop and the community that existed within Brisbane at that time, which was probably only 20 people, and you guys made mm. up, you know, a third of them, you know. <laughs> Like yeah, yeah, the yeah. Drop Zone team, you know. Yeah. And for those for those listening, we're talking about a time like how long did Drop Zone run for? Like uh, what years? Do you remember? 2000? 2000, 2001 was cool. Okay, thing. that's it. Oh, I just realized I didn't mention 2D and all that. 2D yeah, yeah, shit, man, one. absolutely. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, I think from early on, because I guess the open mic thing would bring some people earlier as well. So it's yeah. sort of we ended up we were doing like 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. like every Thursday for like. A year and a half or something. And, it was Thursdays too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, right. And as um as it kind of went on, like um Steve sort of started taking more of the organisational thing because uh, he was just like gun and ready for it. Yeah. And um you know so he just kind of naturally became leader. We sort of fine tuned it a bit over the time to be it ended up kind of mostly being you know that we'd have Steve, Two D, and myself as the kind of core DJs. Then yeah. we'd rotate yeah. stuff, and then we. Um, yeah, with once the open mic stuff started bubbling, um, like you said, you know, you guys work every team. Yeah, man. Um, Lazy can had come in. I remember um, uh, Lazy brought in one night. A, uh, I think it was like an Ike Turner um, funk instrumental, yeah, and he yeah, was, yeah. was, was just like pitch that down all the way down minus eight. <laughs> we're rapping on this, yeah. and I was just like, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> um, I actually brought in a little. Um, Photo. Oh, please do, dude. Zone, if you brought so. anything, man, break it out. Yeah, yeah let's fucking um, go through, but, jog the memories, man. But, um, yeah, so it was just, and like people would roll through. Like, yeah, we had Brad Strutt through. Yeah. Um, Sleek the Elite. Oh, Sleek, for real? Yeah, yeah no shit. Through. Sleek. Um, we need to get him on. Yeah, man. Point. Like, yeah, Sydney man. legend. Sydney legend. And that, you know, everyone, like, he didn't kind of know before, uh, him before pizza. You know, often just thinks of that whole pizza thing. But like, that track on basic equipment um, for me was it sleep uh, revelations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, man, it was like that was a 
revelation to, for me. I was like, like this guy's oh, dude, really fuck, dope. I got to, can I use some of these photos for Instagram? This is amazing. That's yeah, exactly yeah. as I remember it. That's how I remember it, dude. I remember just jumping up on that stage yeah. and that's how it was fucking set up yeah. to me. Shouts to Tash. I mean, yeah. 2D. Two 2D was part of Decipher? Yeah. Am I correct yeah, in yeah. saying so? Like, yeah. Yeah, man. Fuck, Rain Man. Dude. Like, how did you get involved in this so early? Because, you know, you would have been 18 behind the decks then, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess mainly through my older brothers. So, Oh, look at Tash. <laughs> Shouts to MC Tash. Fucking hell. Wow, that's crazy. And that's, man, this is, you know, this is, sorry, we'll post... If um, with with uh, Ray's blessing, I'll post some of these fucking images. I'll take some photos of them and post some of them to our social and I th- media. I think Corfs, there's only there's yeah, there's young young Corfs. Oh, 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 look at Lays with the mnemonic with the mnemonic with the mnemonic mnemonic. And that, on the right, I don't know, uh, do you remember Marky? He used to rap on a chameleon. Uh, he, he was oh, another regular yeah, too. Dude, yeah. yeah, no shit. Man, and some of the names that have come and gone. Uh, like and uh, Marissa, Blue, remember Blue? Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, Blue. Oh, Fuck yeah. come through there. And I remember, yeah, um, like uh, Snacks and K-West had oh, a little course, duo th- thing going And Remix as well, remember? Yeah, yeah. What are they called? Uh, they had, they I don't know if a Remix ever got oh, up. Oh, 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 probably did. get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Look at those shots. Oath, Lays. Oh, wow. On the market, drop zone. Got, we must. I don't know why there's doubles of those for some reason. No, but I don't know. Remember those strut stuff. shirts? Those strut shirts mm. were fucking nuts. I eh? don't know what Lays is fucking eating, but he is not aged a day. <laughs> fucking <laughs> twenty years. He pretty much still looks the same. Eating doesn't he? microphones. Yeah. It's good for you. <laughs> Eric, on the other hand, holy <laughs> shit, <laughs> he's a whole lot grayer than that and skinnier too. Fuck, this is amazing, dude. Look at you, Ray. Fuck, looking young. I mean, oh yeah, all right. And that was yeah. So I guess through. Because they're all a bit older, they're all, all kind of, you know, had been doing stuff for a bit. So, yeah. Um, I think my Steve got like a Technics SLP2 or something, like a belt drive deck, maybe 94 or something. And then I'd started buying more records around then and just sort of having a go with it. I'd have like one turntable and one like CD player yeah, and like yeah, yeah. practice cutting and. I did the same to thing. mix, but yeah, you know, I did the same it. thing. One turntable and a CD player. Like yeah. I used to have a little five stack of CD player. It was actually Reelsies originally, and he left it at our place. And I used to have just a belt drive Technics yeah. and a big ass mixer that I still have to this day. I can't even remember the fucking type. Probably a Gemini or something. Yeah, like one that. of those. Yeah. yeah, one of those joints. Like I've still got it. It's rusted. It's a rusted yeah. piece of shit that actually has sample time in it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. And I the, ran it to a CD player, and that was how I sort of yeah. learned to do the same thing. Um, the decipher first DJ Dan. Um, uh, DJ hype. Yeah. Um, he he brought. I think it was his anyway. Brought around a mixer. It must have been around ninety five or something that had yeah a little yeah. sampler built in. That you could get maybe I don't know four seconds, yeah, eight seconds, all. something yeah, just yeah. like a little loop. But like <laughs> you know, get a bit of moments to the ounce and like just sample shit that had been sampled yeah. many times. But just yeah. like oh damn yeah this is we're doing it we're making beats. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck, Horford. Oh, and there's Susanna. Did wow. you start with DJing? Was that your uh, or you just DJ because no, it was I, a, I think I've started with making mixtapes, like just yeah. as in black pause tape kind of stuff, like going, I want to put tr- these tracks on this tape. And I would, uh, well, at first I had to kind of like steal tapes off my brothers because at first they were like, you're too young for hip hop, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'd yeah. sort of hold them back. And then yeah. so I'd have to sneak them. And my mum's work at the time had a double tape deck. So I'd go in and like yeah. dub. Maybe doing like a mix of like Compton's Most Wanted, yeah, Ed OG and the Bulldogs, yeah, and like some contrasting stuff, you know, like gangster rap, but yeah. then like Ed OG was a bit more conscious, balancing and it out, whatever, yeah. Yeah, 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 and um, 
Yeah, and then just going, oh, hang on. Sometimes I didn't like having the whole album. There might be some um, tracks I'm feeling. So then I was like, all right, let's. I'm gonna put like tracks that I want. Yeah. And then the pause tape thing, like I got into a bit of that for a while of like just taking little snippets or trying to loop stuff. Because again, either either one one of my brothers or one of my brother's friends showed me like how you can like make loops just with like tape. Yeah, 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 absolutely, Um, absolutely. Yeah, and then so from that was probably the first thing I was doing like creatively. Mm. With hip hop, and then trying to write rhymes, listening to hip hop show. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, 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 was yeah. When I was getting, uh, I remember being in Redcliffe and the signal, like being pretty. Oh, dude, it would be average. sketchy out there, man. And um, but Should yeah, just like writing along to whatever was being played, and so was know, that like writing, black like, beat and like, fat tape rap. back then? Like, I don't, I don't know. It definitely was like a year or two later, if it wasn't then. But mm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't remember if it was Sunday night at that point or Friday night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just remember like. I think one of the beats I was writing to that was the playing was like that um was it Drain Snoop off Deep Cover. Oh, deep, deep cover, cover like yeah, yeah. that. So just writing yeah. like fucking generic yeah, 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 sounding yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they're going they're going like rapping it to my mum, like <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> rapping it to my mum. Like, oh, that's very creative, son. <laughs> <laughs> she was supportive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well she's worked in the arts, so yeah, I mean, yeah, thankfully yeah. I had a mum that was supportive. Yeah, I don't think uh, don't know if Dad would have reacted the same way if, I, <laughs> if he was the first one to hear it. How did you just wind up with that night, like that Thursday night? Like uh, who who got it initially? Ramen, yeah. Oh, so okay, Ramen, I think uh, Ramen was always talking to people, yeah. But, you know, yeah, making connections yeah. and um, a little bit older than us and just yeah. always in the mix, yeah. And um, yeah, that is. I think he must have done enough talking. He might have even been working at Butterbeats at the time. Okay. Um, he was definitely in contact a lot with like um jason like casino and um yeah. tash and stuff then and so maybe it came through either him working in the store or something anyway there was one person there i can't remember her name now um that gave him that one slot and yeah. then because it worked well they're like let's keep doing it yeah, kept yeah. working well yeah. for a while so um just kept happening but yeah then then the organization stuff kind of went more to steve once it yeah. was like week in week out like yeah. trying to make stuff happen and yeah because that um, venue because the empire back then like they kind of i mean they didn't like you know i mean they supported dj culture didn't they really mm. you know like i remember friday nights there was like super deluxe or whatever you know remember that and there was fresh that di- and that fre- uh, fresh and funky i think yeah. it was on the saturday nights which is like that yep. breaks thing like harder yep Yep, you'd go up to like like it was like three levels. So you had downstairs, which was like the pub yeah. level. Then you went up to the middle level, which was you know like just sort of you know. We like, did a thing on that level on Friday nights for a while too. I don't know yeah. if you remember that busting out. It was that was more like remember Corfi's the birthday style. there? Didn't that yeah, have something yeah, well, to do with you was, guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was it was uh, like free that was piss till midnight birthday. or some shit. Like. Yeah, okay. So that's a good story because <laughs> um, so we I think we got after the Thursday night had been gone uh, well for a while. Um, Raf, the guy mm. from the Empire. Yeah, it was a, the connection. Um, he once we started, we sort of cut out the middle person. I think that was part of the thing that Steve was good at. It was yeah, like, yeah. you know, like let's talk to who's you know, yeah, who's the money person, who's doing it exactly. Um, and yeah, and then he ended up saying, "Well, let's we we got a slot free for Friday nights on that middle level." Yeah, um, I've wanted to do like a night called Busting Out. Like it was that had already some artwork, pretty yeah, shit artwork. But anyway, he. The boss wanted wanted a night called busting out that was funk and stuff. And so we we're like, sweet, yeah, we'll do we'll do a Friday like more funk soul. Yeah. I think he even got into like disco boogie kind of shit yeah, as yeah, well yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. And um, so we started doing that. And then um, it might have even been maybe like one of the first nights was we'd we'd had the idea of doing you know as a promo thing like uh, he'd offered 
you know, we could do free drinks for an hour or something. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. it just happened to time right because, you know, usually it would be like through, you know, they'd talk to a particular company or distributor or whatever for booze and get some yeah, deal. Some and sort of promo. So it'd be like, you know, one thing is going to mm. be free for this mm. time or whatever. Mm. But yeah. he was it was he was going overseas or something and we'd had this a few meetings and blah blah blah. But basically at the end of it we're like, Oh, what's before he goes, we're like, What are we gonna do for the drinks mm. thing? And he's like, Oh, you know, just make it free drinks for Fuck. however long. Fuck. And um That night was a mess, eh? Like oh, it was a great <laughs> night, but it was a classic night, but yeah, yeah. it was a fucking messy night. And that, that was <laughs> that was like my ninth my nineteenth birthday as well. Oh no Of course and I was birthdays are like a few days apart yeah, or yeah, yeah, one yeah. day apart or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and so we didn't, I think it was like that day that he made that call. Yeah. And so we didn't, we didn't have it on flyers or anything like that, but it was just like, you know, and there's no one was like, there's no social media. No, kind of thing. So no, it was just no, like no. text messages, <laughs> yeah, yeah. calling people, yeah. go, walking around the valley. It's just like going, word like, of mouth and yeah, shit yeah. like that straight up. Like, and everyone was in there that night, man. I remember what rocking up there and it was just like, wow. And it was free piss till like midnight. Like it was fucking insane. But like you said before, there was the day, like all those clubs were open till 5 a.m. Yeah. You know, open till oh, 5 a.m. You go wait yeah. for the first train to get home. Yeah. You know, like. Uh, so many times in. You know, when it was in summer and like coming out after five, you know, by the time you packed up and stuff, it's like yeah. five thirty. It's daylight. And yeah, this it's exactly like, yeah. like sun's up. Like, whoa. And this is pre fucking Serato. You guys are all carrying crates of wax and shit, eh? Yeah, like yeah. crates up of records. Stairs, up too. the stairs, man. <laughs> exactly. Many flights of yeah. stairs it was, three levels. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a mission. Oh, fucking, man, they were crazy. And it was just like, you know, once again, I can only say it was kind of like a breeding ground for that generation that came through, like mm. the Optimum dudes and, you know, you and Who's. And like, there were so many dudes coming through well, that you, place. You and Who's was I a think, little bit later at the time. Yeah. yeah so I remember I, I, with the coalition and they came sort of a bit later. Yeah. Or his solo album and shit. Yeah, I think know? he was off doing the, like, Sneaking into places in Europe yes, and running yeah, amok over yeah. there at that time. Over there in the train really, yards and shit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't meet him until a little bit after that. Yeah. Because um, I actually always thought that. I was always like, oh, yeah, Pete sort of came on you and who kind of came on just that little bit after. Like I remember yeah. there was always that handful of MCs. Because remember, um, what was it, like Mikolai and Susanna yeah. ran that Urban Method show yeah. at the same time? Like so sometimes, you know, you might get invited down there to rap because I think that was Thursday night as well. So you might go rap on the radio or something yeah. like that and then go up to Drop Zone yeah, and then bust right. the open mics yeah. and shit. And then even Rick's Cafe around then because I remember mm. the dude from fucking – the dude, I was thinking about this this week. The dude from uh, the bass player from Regurgitator, Ben Eli, mm -hmm. he had a band called Cheeky and it had a chick vocalist. Blue. That's Marissa. That's her. Yeah, hey, yeah, that's yeah, her. Yeah. And they used to do like an open mic thing. They just bust out into yeah, some funky two, shit. Yeah, the 2D played yeah, for them yeah, as well. So he was yep. kind of DJ. They do like outfits and yeah. stuff sometimes. Yeah. Um, we, we actually toured with them. We went to, that's the only time I've been to Adelaide, was with yep. Cheeky, like Drop Zone supported Cheeky. Oh, which wow. Was just, like 2D was already in the band, so it's just bring me and Steve and we'll DJ before him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that. yeah, yeah. build open mic stuff into their sets. So, yeah. And yeah, heaps of action at Rick's for sure. Yeah, I definitely do. Rick's was fucking, Rick's was popping. But I mean, listen, bro, we'll probably get into all this stuff and more. Like, let's, like, you know, we always, as we always do, we always go back a little bit, man. Like, where do you discover hip hop? You know, like, older brothers? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Older brothers. And, you know, just, I guess, pop culture. Like, mm. I think one of the f first, things that I, I guess was uh, like really getting into something that was hip hop. Mm. Uh, I remember dancing around the living room with like uh, Salt and Pepper Push It yeah, and, you yeah, know, the yeah, yeah. Beasties, Run DMC, yeah. um, <coughs> brothers that have tapes of that. But that was more like they were playing it and I kind of hear it. But um, 
you know, then there was NWA, DG stuff. But yeah. I think I was saying on the way here, like the first thing that I remember kind of going, oh, okay, yeah, this is like I was listening a bit more mm. um, was uh, like easy. Nobody mm. move, nobody yep. get hurt. Yep. And just hearing the, the story, which, you know, when I re-listen to easy now and stuff, I was like, wow, this is pretty out there for yeah. like, you know, <laughs> nine-year-olds or whatever to yeah, be listening right. to. Um but yeah, then I, I started. I remember even saying at the times like I like the story stuff, like I like the story yep. rap. Yeah. And um and then yeah, then I started like um they would make me sometimes tapes. Like I remember having a um one of the probably first mixtapes I got from my brother Steve had like microphone fiend, Rakim, mm. some poor righteous teachers. Um, there'd be some other stuff in there like Shubba ranks, ranks yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Um, Find some random shit and. Yeah, like uh, black, maybe Black Sheep around then or a bit later. Yeah. Um, I love yeah. this shit. I love and this that- shit. You can rattle off rap names all day. Can't I? Listen, <laughs> man, I love this shit. Hey, I'm talking this fucking US rap, particularly of this year, man. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah, man, yeah. But yeah, and then the first thing, and I'd, yeah, through some of that, I'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. I like more of this, you yeah. know, some of this. And I think the first thing that I actually went and bought, and it was like a you know, big deal, like, you know, you have pocket money. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was going on because I'd come up here for I was living in Sydney at the time, um, but I'd come up here for school holidays to stay with my old man. I remember going into Rocking Horse, yeah. and like, um, you know, I must have had maybe 20 bucks or something, and like looking through all the tapes, <laughs> yeah. just tapes, and have you know, turntables in, yeah, and um, going back and forth for ages and ages and ages, and then settling on um, Public Enemy takes the nation of millions to oh, hold us back, yeah, bro. And I already knew like some Public Enemy, um, but I I hadn't like, hadn't really gone like, oh yeah, this is my shit. Yeah, but I was like, yeah. I know these guys, they're mm. meant to be good and like, yep. heard a bit about them. I've heard some tracks and yep. I knew like, uh, I think I might have even seen like Do the Right Thing or something else. I knew like Fight the Power. So it was a bit, it was yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah. It was much yeah. after that album. Yeah. It must have been like 91 or two. So later albums had come out yep. since It Takes mm. a Nation of Millions. But it was like cheaper. It was yeah. like, you know, had been relegated to like discount status or something yeah, yeah. so that talked to my you know pocket money budget yeah definitely and um but how was it like how's the selection you know like these days i don't think like you know i, I just want to impress upon people that like man you didn't have shit you couldn't just go to your phone and just go boom like yeah. you sat there and were like man because i remember that feeling you'd be like looking at all the tapes and shit because that was what was accessible to me yeah. at the same age you know like you, your parents like cds could be 35 40 bucks they were too expensive so you might get a cassette tape and like fuck man just looking at it was like man you want to get that right tape because yeah. there's no returning it like yeah, it's like yeah. fucking you know and then you might want to trade it with someone or something like that it was just like man you wanted to get that dope shit you know? yeah yeah and uh, and when i first then when i you know i had it again i've got like maybe a couple of mixtapes from my brothers some other albums that i've dubbed but you know you're listening the whole way through mm. and mm. you're listening on repeat because you don't have much yeah and um yeah i remember like just this this moment which i've put in that darling song of like being on the couch in little unit where I didn't ran where I had my headphones on and um listening to Rebel Without a Pause oh. and just the I'd kind of heard it before yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was just like suddenly that fucking like whistling horn sample was yeah, just yeah. like oh yeah. yeah like this is G and B yeah, I was like before yeah. it I was kind of like oh yeah I hadn't really kind of connected with it but yeah. it was just this moment I was like this is this is cool man. had you I heard the same horn shit. sample in fucking Rump Shaker though like did you recognise it then because I never recognised it then like I, it was years I after Rump the Shaker, fact I, I must have heard it between uh, yeah I definitely had made an association, association with Rump Shaker then so mm. I don't know if that was a bit later 
So no, it must have been 90... I'm thinking it was 90... It was either grade 5 or grade 6 or 91, 92. Yeah. Rump Shaker, maybe that was like 92, 93. Yeah, anyway. it was around there, yeah. Rex and Effects Rump Shaker anyway. Yeah. It was the, same, the exact same saxophone sample. Which was a... Uh, you know that kind of classic New Jack swing R and B thing oh, of that right. time. Like, of course. here's another, of here's course. a sample that's kind of been used. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. That's what they did with you know Human Nature by fucking Michael Jackson and shit. You know, SWV, yeah, yeah, Nas. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously that's going moving into the nineties a little bit more, but yeah, exactly. Actually, that just brought that can remember me doing. I did a DJ at um, our, I wouldn't call it DJing, but at um, our like primary school, fucking we someone organised to do like a school. Disco in the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah. And it was <laughs> the setup was a tape player with a microphone to like the <laughs> PA, you yeah. know, for like actual, you know, like per, uh, announcement kind of PA. Yeah. So the sound was absolute shit. And we were like <laughs> swapping between tapes. And so I don't know, I managed to sneak on some stuff. But, um, you know, then it was, I remember there was a girl I was kind of keen on at the time who was, had, had brothers who were into more like New Jack Swing and stuff. Mm. So I'd, mm. I'd flip on, you know, some of that and then, you know, maybe some of the public enemy or, yeah. you know, it's also the like crisscross era of jump and of course. Of jump course. house of pain, jump yeah, around dude. that kind of stuff. Yeah, dude. Um, so Listen, yeah, I'll tell, any, I'll tell. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I'll tell anyone, man. I never, I never need to hear "Jump Around" by House of Pain ever again in my fucking life. <laughs> like seriously, man, I've heard that song that many fucking times. Uh, never play it. Skip that uh, kind of you're around. Uh, but yeah, sorry, bro. <laughs> and, but that New Jack Swing era, that was dope, man. Yeah, like in hindsight, yeah. you know, like I, I was, yeah. I was a died in the wool like fucking rap fan. So to me at the time, it was kind of like ah, like. But yeah. when you look back on it now, man, some of those groups that came out, Tony, 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 and Belle yeah. DeVoe, and like there was some amazing music coming out of that yeah. era, you know. And but yeah, and, but. I was thinking like early on, I kind of went, oh, if you want to like, if you want more people to be happy, you do, sometimes you can play stuff that you can't kind of any half like, yes. like, you might not be fully into, but yeah. you're like, you might like the response or like you might yeah. be yeah. like, oh, well, this pleases them and then, then I'll be able to slip back to the more, you know, hardcore hip hop or yeah. whatever, like yeah, you can exactly. kind of keep everyone happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, I mean, the Bomb Squad produced fucking Poison for Belle Bib DeVoe and all that yeah, sort of shit. Yeah. Like, you know, like that was, that was Public dope. Enemies. Actually, that, I'm pretty sure... Um, Poison Belbu Devoe was one of the ones we played at that little yeah. primary yeah, school, yeah. you know, lunchtime disco. Yeah, she was huge. Man. Yeah. She was huge and it know? was yeah, and that sounded fat. Like mm. it was good mm. production for the time. And then remember like Dell, Dell dropping like you know when fucking Mr. Dobalina came out and yeah, like yeah, this is yeah. when like you know you just started seeing like. I know African American culture kind of creeping into our culture here in this country. You know, it was mm. just like I, like you know, I, I mean, fucking, I was of that age that was really fucking heavily impacted by it. But mm. you know, I don't know that it like you. Well, it was. It it obviously existed because people were doing it prior to us. But that's when it started gaining like popular traction. You know, started gaining great attraction. You know, yeah. Within, and you I started guess, seeing those songs topping rage and all that yeah, kind of shit. You know? Yeah, and I guess like you know, my brothers have those. Memories of like all the breaking, you know, stuff and how huge that was. But yeah. it, I, I kind of saw some of that. But I'm like, you know, I'm like yeah. four years old or something. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you know, you're kind of aware of it. But it was, I guess, for our generation, it was more. Yeah, that stuff was yeah. then. They're like, okay, this is blowing up. It's kind of main, mainstream-ish. Mm, you get a mm. single or two through, and you know, Della Soul, Ring Ring Ring, and of course, those kind of things you could. Of course, so Yellow Suddenly, casino. there was like eight songs that you might be able to request. Yeah, right. Somewhere or something. Exactly. Like, yeah, I'm down with this. And then Dre comes through, you know, with the Chronic and shit like that in the early '90s, and then it just sort of revolutionized everything again. You know, everything mm. just all of a sudden took off, and it was all that G funk shit, and that was everywhere. Yeah, man, fuck, dude, oh, man, yeah, you bring back some memories. When did you first sort of, like, at what point did you put pen to paper? 
I think it was uh, 94, listening to the hip-hop show and yep. writing some horrible oh, yeah. gangster rap things. But yep. I think a year later I tried um, when we'd moved from Redcliffe to I think we are at Ashgrove then for a year. And um, I'd had a setup where my, I think my brother was living us, back with living with us again and he had a tape player, like nice like sort of boombox thing and I had a little other tape player and so I'd worked out I could play um, – tape player that he added a CD thing in it. I could play instrumentals from that. And then I had, I could use the other tape, had a, just a mic record, yeah. or like I just yeah. could record yeah. whatever's playing. Yep. So I'd do the, I don't remember doing takes over of this little rap I'd written over the um, NAS, It Ain't Hard to Tell remix instrumental. Oh, it's like, I think it's a- Large Professor? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, and that was like the one I loved doing it over. And that was the first time I was like, oh, okay, this is, I was trying to, um, be a bit more original with it. There's lots of like hip hop references. It was like, yeah, cold, we cold, we cold, we cold lip, and like, <laughs> doing like these like flavor flavor references yeah. and stuff. And it was still, you know, like, uh, I think it was like maybe like half American accent, half Australian or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I remember that was the first time I'd sort of like try to like actually hear what it sounded like on different beats and and kind of you know record it so I could listen back to it. Yeah, yeah. and then you know it was it was kind of cool because I got some feedback from um. Some of my brother's friends are like, oh, they're like, oh, play that, you know, play that thing. You know, half of them were like, it's kind of yeah. funny just hearing a little kid. Yeah, hearing your younger rap. brother, a little, um, yeah, little but, kind of rapper. Yeah, enough of them were like positive enough that I was like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll I've got something here. Try it, yeah, do yeah, some yeah. more stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it went then just hand in hand with then, you know, uh, buying records, like having my brother get turntables, just little belt drive things. But I'd go to, there was a good time to get um, secondhand records because. Yeah. There was still like a lot of people just dumping, you know, Definitely. collections and stuff. And I remember Rockaway Records, it was oh. in like Pado for yeah. a while and then um, maybe Ashgrove. They'd do these like, I think it was like once a year and then they did them, started doing them every six months or something. These big like dollar sales of like just heaps of um, vinyl and CDs. And they had a sister store in the States. Yeah. And, um, so they'd get dead stock sent from the States. And there'd be like all these like promo singles and stuff. So I got these like... Big Daddy Kane, MC Shan, all these like promo oh, CD singles. Sick. But um, then I'd get like other like heaps of stuff on vinyl. We found I found um, Schoolie D, uh, Smoke Some Kill. Is that the yeah. name of the album? Was it just the track? Anyway, but my brother was a big Schoolie D fan, yeah, yeah. so like seeing that for like you know a, a couple dollar. of dollars, yeah, it's like crazy. <laughs> and then I just also just picked up heaps of general stuff, just learning about other stuff. Like I pick up you know Jimi Hendrix, Beatles, all that stuff for like. A dollar to four dollars. Yeah, so it was yeah. just like no. I remember just going home with a big stack. My brother lived nearby at the time, and then like going back and getting like some more. Like yeah. just going, you know, I couldn't carry anymore. We get more, dude. And um, it was just a good way to you know, get heaps of musical knowledge, not just hip hop stuff, yeah. but other you know, rock, soul. I got heaps of the, you know like Motown yeah, kind yeah. of soul things, yeah. and then that sort of then started those kind of other little digging journeys into other genres. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. That's unreal. You got into that so fucking early. So clearly your brother like had a huge influence on you, like older brother and shit like that, you know? Like can yeah. you speak on him because he was out there DJing with you and shit for a long time too. Hey, Steve. Yeah, Steve yeah, Bourne. yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I've got two older brothers and they definitely both uh, influenced <laughs> me in terms of getting into hip-hop. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Steve got more into the DJing side of it. Yeah. Dave would a bit, but he, as it got, uh, when we started like 
doing more stuff. He was getting more into like house and stuff. Okay. And, and then and then just never took it into like playing out much. Maybe we convinced him to do one set somewhere or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they were just playing heaps of hip hop. And then even from, um, even in that sort of early 90s kind of hip hop stuff, uh, David started getting into like, what was called, I think, House then, mm. like Beatmasters and stuff. So mm. it'd be kind of a mix of this. Sometimes there's people rapping on it, but it's a bit more uh, oriented for the dance floor. But oh, it wasn't like, like the hip house on, remixes yeah, that would be uh, on fucking things. Or yeah, that yeah. Sort like of it shit. wasn't like four, you know, it wasn't like house. It was like, you know, even like, you know, Jungle Brothers had like Girl Our House, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, nice and smooth. Like, man, they had all these hip house remixes. That's what I remember. Yeah. Some of those old fucking, you know, like, you know, those tail end of the 80s groups you yeah know? um yeah. but yeah so i mean i first heard shibob and then heaps of other like beatsy stuff um through both of them and then um yeah once once we're kind of going to do oh well yeah and then so through steve and dave um because they're going to starting to go to parties through working at an italian restaurant where the decipher dj dan was yeah um they st- they met through them, Dino and 2D were doing the Decipher thing and uh, probably Mets and Josh and stuff then too and then Raman. Yeah. Oh, but there's a, there was an older connection with Raman because Raman actually went to school with us in Bondi when we were living in Sydney. How far down, too. Hey? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would have been in like grade one when Raman was in like grade five or six but that's my brother's ages. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then we they, we didn't see him see Raman for four or five years, and then we've both well both families have moved to um to Brisbane, and then also in the hip hop. Yeah. Um. Oh, and just I'll inter- I just interrupt just for like younger listeners. There was um Raman. I don't know, like he was on um a jigsaw Jeff who's on a blunted stylist tape. For those yeah. listening, I don't know how much music he has out there or is accessible, but he was an MC that was around here in Brisbane in the early night in the you know probably into the late nineties into the early two thousands and stuff. And then Decipher, I mean Decipher had an album out. Like they were definitely an established group in Brisbane. You know they probably yeah. don't get their dues really because they put music out in that period. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the blurred visionaries. Yeah, tape. yeah. Um, so I I think I would have met. There maybe around ninety four or something. I remember wow. I had a, I'd found this like I think uh, it was when I was still living in Sydney. So it must have been ninety three. Um, I was walking through this certain place in the city in Sydney, and it was like must have been like a, a cigarette shop or something. Yeah. But I saw a Philly's Blunt cap. Yeah. There, and I was like, oh, I know this Philly's Blunt thing. People yeah, rap about it. The logo. So right. I got this. I bought this. I was like, can I buy that hat? And I think it was just like a promotional display thing he's like well yeah okay like you know 10 bucks or whatever yeah and um i used to wear that hat i'm pretty sure it was dino dino um you know at a party that my brother's putting on with a little kid and he's like man like fresh hat yeah. Like, yeah 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 <laughs> um but yeah it was a couple of years later when um yeah i was started doing sort of more rapping a bit more djing that um, I hung out with those guys a bit more, but they were like, you know, the cool older brother's Definitely. friends that were like, oh, they're already making hip hop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they're already about it. Yeah. Dude, before we get into the influence those guys would have on you and where you're like, you know, where you'd start taking things, the Ice Cube Cypress Hill show at Festival Hall. I never went to it, man. I was an Ice Cube nut in that era. I mean, Cypress Hill too, you know, yeah. but like, fuck, man, tell me about that show. Like, tell me about that yeah. show. And being there at 13 years of age, yeah, like 12, yeah. 13 years of age, however old you would have been, you yeah, know? Yeah, 13. Like, did your brothers take it or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went with them. Um, 
Yeah, that was. What do you remember just, of it? Well, I remember being super like excited about it. Yeah, and I'd never. I don't think I'd been to any other concert. Like I'd been to, like, you know, some you know live musicy kind of things. Like, but nothing, nothing yeah. like a nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. Nah. And um, they um, you know, they're a bit. They must have been. What well, I was in grade eight. They're in like maybe grade eleven and twelve, yeah. or maybe my oldest brother didn't finish school by then. Um, so I was kind of like, you know, a bit of the, like, I think they were trying to ditch me a bit. I think it was a bit where maybe they, uh, they must've gone around the corner to, you know, have a, say, say, hey to Mary. But, um, my, my Steve came back with, um, a, he was with this jacket and he'd, he'd run into be real and he had this jacket signed by be real. And it was like, you know, this random thing. Like it was this sick ass jacket and it's just got this like. Scroll, be, be real, real like the other side, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, I they did come and you know uh, wait in line with me for a while. Then when they once we were in there, I just remember they did weird stuff. Like they were, I don't think there's any even any music at the beginning. They must have been like kind of sk- like a bit shook about like what was going to happen at the hip hop at a hip hop yeah, show. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know, in, just in hindsight, thinking about it, because I've never been to a concert like that before where there wasn't any music. They just seemed to like tell everybody some instructions, like do this, you know, everyone sit down. I think they got everyone to sit down. Really? In Festival Hall? Some weird shit. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if anyone else was there can back this up, but maybe yeah. it's my own, own memory. And then, I, and then I just remember like kind of like everyone kind of got up standing and then they're like that whole like big cra- – first time ever being in like a big crowd where it's like I'm getting drugged. Yeah, like, yeah. And I convinced like my brother Dave that I could um, – to lend me his like this – some like jacket that I thought was pretty cool, and I just saw it like getting you know pulled from my waist, going that way, and you know, me going this way, and, like, oh, and that and that I'm pretty sure was that like, even before the concert it was just like yeah. argy bargy kind yeah, of yeah, before yeah. everyone like getting worked up, and you know I'm 13, so most people are like, oh fuck for real, dude, taller. for um, real, and it's something like that, like you know they were too fucking, you know I mean Ice Cube at a point was you know in in that period was definitely like considered one of the most dangerous MCs on the planet, like I mean those cunts when that was in the paper and shit, you know I remember yeah. you know a couple of years prior Ice T and Public Enemy came and yeah, you know, yeah. people trying well, my to pick it to that, and yeah. That's, uh, you know, they people were trying to stop it from happening, you know, they yeah. don't want to pervert our minds, you yeah, know, and all that yeah, sort of shit. Yeah. Like, well, it's man. in that, that year of, you know, after like cop killer and stuff. Yeah, and exactly. Exactly. And all that. What was, who, who headlined? Cypress Hill? Because uh, they would have no, been I think, Black Sunday, wouldn't I think they? Ice, I think Ice Cube headlined and Cypress Hill played first, I think. Again, ah, I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think What so. was Cube, was it the Predator or had Lethal Injection dropped? Lethal Injection would have been out. It's ninety four. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I my memory is pretty like sketchy. Yeah, like you just sketchy. got those fucking. I remember like yeah. hearing the songs and stuff, and then I remember also at a point like, um, you know, I remember just being like, "Fuck this!" and like big dudes, and I'm getting, and it was like yeah. mostly dudes. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah. and just like having like like I don't know, you know, how I'm gonna like get out of this crowd yeah, too. Yeah. And I, I do remember like maybe. A th- I think that was in Ice Cube set, so I think it was sort of halfway through, just going like because I'd never been, never felt bass like for that yeah. long. I just remember going like getting like bass sick or yeah, something. Yeah, I was yeah, going, yeah. oh yeah. man, I need to, I need to go sit at the back for a bit. Just being like, whoa, you're a 13 year old kid, man. <laughs> like fuck, dude. You know, like fuck. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I mean, I couldn't tell you what songs. No, nah. I couldn't tell you songs. You know, I'm guessing. You know, it's no for all of the Predator stuff, all Lethal that Injection shit. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, my, my brothers might remember more. I think I was probably just more fearing for my life. Yeah, being yeah, like yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's amazing, man. And I had to ask, I was just like, man, fuck, when I heard that you, you know, when I saw that you'd been there, I was just like, dude, I got to hear more about that because yeah. I was just fucking nuts for those cunts in that in, in yeah. that time, you know? Yeah. And I just remember I had posters and all that kind of shit. Yeah, and I was just same. like, man, I would have I did like, you know, high school assignment on yeah. Ice Cube. And oh, all dude, kind of stuff. straight up, straight up. So yeah. Cube was a bit of an influence on you as well. Like, oh, man, I was a big, big Cube fan. I think from, Around that time, you know, Ice Cube, Public Enemy, yeah, and just all those albums being, you know, great, yeah, um, yeah. I remember. I, I mean, like going back to Dell, just just briefly. Like I remember when I got, I wish my brother George was here, and I had mm. no idea that he was Cube's cousin. Like yeah, I mean, I'd yeah. heard America's Most Wanted, but I didn't even realize that he was on. Like he was at the tail end of. Um, turn off the radio or whatever the fuck like you know he was on there in sections and then hearing yeah. Dallin like this dude that did um, you know that did this catchy Mr. Dobelina song and then Dr. Bombay was the one that I always yeah. loved I mean actually still love that album pretty much start yeah. to finish but hearing Cube on that like that yeah. was just like man where does how does Ice Cube fucking fit into fit this into yeah. you know because it was like the Lynch mob was around and there was a yeah, few others that were that. coming through but you yeah. know Dell, like I just didn't put two and two together. Plus, a lot of what I had then was dub cassettes, so yeah. you know I didn't have the inlays to yeah, look at yeah, and shit yeah. like that. You know, like yeah, yeah, it's crazy to me. But dude, okay, so skirting through that stuff, you start developing your own voice. You know, is is that sort of the influence of DNO and all yeah, that kind of thing uh, on you? I guess so. Um, I think uh, we had a couple of um, maybe around the same time as Drop Zone. Um, good sort of a friend I knew from school, Ryan. He used to get up a bit. Um, uh, Ryan Antics, Max. Oh, that you know? Max dude. Yeah, For yeah. real. I yeah. remember him. And yeah. he'd, he'd be around like, you know, heaps. And we just, yeah. that was the first time. He got messy drunk that kind of yeah. He'd get fucking messy drunk, man. But he was a good MC. Yeah. Like he was dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and yeah, we did, we'd do some, we'd just, you know, as you do, mess around, just trying stuff over instrumentals, and and because I was, you know, getting into DJing, I'd just you know get all my instrumentals together, play them back to back. We got um we got a sampler around that time too, a little what is it, SB two hundred two or something. Okay. Um, and so we could have little, you know, I think we didn't have a memory card; we only had built-in memory, so I think we could get like sixteen seconds or something. Mm. So, but you could loop some stuff up there and. Um, yeah, then I could do some, you know, cuts and we just rap. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of it was just messing around, you know, it was the end of high school for me, yeah, yeah, friends yeah. coming over, yeah. put on some instrumentals, rap, get $21 forex draft carton yeah, or something. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. Uh, and that was your, week, that was your weekend. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it obviously heaps of like just, you know, skill development through, you know, just doing it every, yeah, yeah. every you know, day or second day or whatever um and then yeah and then Ryman um helped a fair bit with because he was so technical focused in his mm. raps um he would sort of like go oh you know how about you know what you try you know <laughs> making these rhyming words fall a bit more like this yeah, or yeah. you know make some more stuff rhyme and yeah. um so he kind of got me thinking a bit more about um you know sort of I don't know putting more effort into the technicality of it yeah. and then once um once um, 2D then sort of showed me he had um, Acid Pro um, and showed me a bit of like how you can make beats on that. And then I also kind of, I'd put a, he'd be working on a beat and I just put it on loop because we shared a house for a while. And then I could sort of see the bars in the yeah, music yeah. software. So that that really helped because I'm like, oh, okay, like this is, I want the rhyming words to fall 
like yeah. here in the bar if it's this yeah. is the pattern and stuff and so that um that really helped me kind of understand a bit more about it's structuring like raps was like actually going like seeing bars and yeah. stuff because I never did any kind of music theory and stuff through school and mm. my parents didn't really play music I've heard that my dad is, can play guitar but I've, ne I've never seen never it in my lifetime yeah, but yeah. he's both my parents are super into music and my yeah. dad's like big music uh, you know collectors into of blues reggae afro beat like so no shit yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so they're definitely like a family of like music collectors and like being into it yeah, yeah. but yeah so that's kind of that was my entry into it yeah. um but yeah uh in terms of the rap stuff i guess it's hanging out with mates rapping like ryan um and then ramen sort of helping the technicality yeah yeah and yeah i think i think then i sort of um yeah at one point i remember like because uh, Decipher had, oh shit, sorry, right. um, <laughs> Decipher had done their Blurred Visionaries tape and then well, I think that was like maybe 97 or something. Yeah. So I was still in school then. But uh, I guess around 99, I think, um, I started hanging out a bit more with them and we did some shows at like Channel Direct, mm. um, uh, Linus, B-Boy Rely and stuff yeah, running yeah. that. Yeah. And we'd do, we'd get up, that was the first time like, I think rapping live and yeah. just like freaking out yeah um dirty dan i think he's still rapping oh dirty dan, dan. Yeah. fucking big shout um, to dan wow was that Fuck. a selfie uh, uh no before that they were in the valley um down a, one of the side streets off brunswick street yeah they had like a um, studio eh? yeah sure. and um i think yeah around then that dino i remember you know kind of going i've been talking to talking to 2d and like you know I want you to join the crew. Yeah. Just being like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, word. Okay, cool. Like, oh, yeah. Like, little, little, you know, young and compared to them. Yeah. And, like, you know, they'd had other people kind of float through, like Matt and um, Josh, who's I think credited as Jay on maybe the tape and the Blunt and Stylus thing. Okay, yeah. Um, but they sort of weren't around. Josh had gone overseas for a bit and um, they sort of weren't in contact with Matt anymore at that point, I think. Um, so I was like, yeah, cool. So we, we did start doing some shows and um, – we did a Celsius support at the zoo, which then had an all ages thing at Channel Direct. Sick. And that, and uh, I met like Sirek uh, for the first time there. And I remember yeah. I knew like Deaf Wish cast and Matters of Hatter and stuff. And then so I was like, oh, this is like, yeah, this is like one of those dudes. Yeah, it's like he's been doing it for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he yeah. was like super awesome, like nice, yeah. humble dude too. You know, I was. My raps are pretty, so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, having some still give you the time of day. And, and, yeah. and around then too, it might have even been that that Celsius support because um, I think it was like a, a Hydrofunk kind of gig. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it was that one or at least another Hydrofunk thing at the zoo maybe that I got up with Ramen. Uh, so it was either Decipher thing there. Anyway, through Ramen, yeah. I remember him going – Oh, this is his was backstage and like this is lazy and this can yeah. and, and me and then I think lazy would have said like you know do a rap for us or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, would have done some shit. <laughs> and lazy goes, like, good man. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, man, this lazy's like, always nice. super encouraging, man. Like yeah. you know, like fuck, you know, it's always, always from day dot. You know, yeah. always he wouldn't tell you you were doing something shit, even if you were shit. You <laughs> yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. you know, probably still to this day, he would. He's still much like that. You know, like yeah. you know, even if you shit, he wouldn't tell you you were shit. He'd be like, yeah, yeah word, man, keep at it, fucking. Yeah, blah, exactly. Blah, yeah, blah, keep at it. Which is always a good one. Like it's like you're not saying it's good or bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just keep at it. Keep going. But, yeah, like I, those kind of like those dudes, you know, even like say like the 
um, the hams, people yeah, rocking on stuff, and being like just like those supportive elders yes. that are just like, yeah, yeah, man, like keep yeah. at it, like oh here's this cool record, or yeah. whatever, like those sort of people, like so so influential, and um, you know that's why I, I, I'm I like sort of I, in my day job at the moment I can mm. kind of do a little bit of that for you know fourteen year old kids and stuff now, yeah, so yeah, it's kind yeah. of cool to do that, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, kind of lost my train. So no, but no, how so. like how intimidating a presence were those dudes? I mean, even like oh. for lazy, lazy, you know, like five foot fucking whatever, yeah. you know. But like when you, you know, like when you saw them, they were like, you know, like they were just fucking. The, I don't yeah. know, man. They're like where, fucking where magicians, to, you know. Yeah, Oath yeah. and fucking, yeah. you know. You're talking about Paul Sorek, you know, like yeah. seeing those dudes in that period, man. They were like gods almost, yeah. you know. Like even and Curo uh, as well at that oh, time, yeah. um, like because. I guess the hydrofunk kind of connection there was often um you know lazy and um and then Kuro was often in town with hydrofunk stuff um I remember just kind of going like seeing lazy rap and just going man like it's like he raps with his whole body oh, it's like man. he's not just yeah you know spitting a few bars no. I don't know. it's like you know you see the, the fucking energy. veins popping out of his neck yeah, and yeah. like probably in one of those photos yeah I was like whoa like this yeah. he's Meaning it, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and then um, did you ever see him with the resin dogs? Like, yeah, did you ever see him come out yeah. and do like grinning and freak the funk and stuff? Like, yeah, I mean, and, like that Valley blew, Mall kind that of that blew my stuff, fucking yeah. mind, man. Like, I'd met him at a party and shit, like you know, just as growing up in these neighborhoods and stuff. And I remember hearing his name mentioned on um, yeah, fuck, I've told this story probably a million times on here, but like seeing him live, man, it was just like. What the fuck? Yeah. It revolutionized <laughs> yeah. my like my view of music. Like you know, yeah. it was just like I'm going home and I'm doing that. What yeah. that cunt just did was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. You know, yeah. like and just the way he did it, the stand, like you know, like you said, he puts his whole body into it, like the, the fucking movements. He had groove, yeah. you know. And like, it, it, I think on a like a related thing was like I also wanted to be able to do like be able to do my raps um, all the way through. I didn't mm. want to have to like I liked. Yeah, I mean, sometimes those would have other people, you know, like yourself and stuff, mm. like you know, backing stuff up or whatever. Yeah. But I liked seeing when he, you know, he's spitting a whole verse through, and it's like all oh, got power. I was like, I want to be able to, like, you know, have be able to do my whole rap by myself without having to rely on yeah, the someone else, man, yeah, filling the line that where yeah. I'm running out of breath or yep. whatever. Yeah. I think that was that was partly an influence from just seeing that passion of lazy and going, well, I can't do that, but I want to be able to like. Say everywhere like I mean it, not have to drop back and you know yeah, pass yeah, yeah. it off to the other MC, yeah. which if, you know that can also be a cool bit of the show. It was just yeah. something at the time that I was like, yeah, I want to be able to do it. Definitely. Whereas when I was hanging out with um, like the Ultimate Fellas and stuff, they had the luxury of like oh, throwing the stuff that they could. You like they got the other two can back yeah. up, and I was like. Oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and even at a point they had two DJs too. I mean, we yeah, had, you yeah. know, 750 had two DJs at a point. But, yeah, yeah, exactly, dude, that that group dynamic, you know. Yeah. You know, and then when you see, like, you know, you talk about DNO and Lays and that, like, rapping yeah. with the Resin Dogs and whatever, like, yeah. you forgot that there was a band behind them when you watch them. Like, mm. it was just like, man, they were, like, fucking polarizing to me. Like, I don't know, that might be just my own perspective, but, you know, you might go to a Resin Dogs show or something like that and you watch the dogs, man, they were incredible, but then they bring Lays out or, you know, yeah. Dino later. But, like, man, they come out and you just forget that there was a band even behind them. You just fixated on that little, that MC just up there just spitting, man, like just fucking yeah. killing it, you know. It yeah. revolutionized things for me, man, like yeah, straight up. Yeah, for sure. Straight up. And and I, I think I mentioned, like, Kuro before, but I think mm. there, was, there was something else with – Kuro, that was kind of a counterbalance, of, you know, just seeing it was a different way of because he was more like this kind of freestyle and kind yeah, of changing up his intonation yeah. and stuff. And I was, again, it was sort of like a whole body thing. It was yeah. like, 
Um, and I think it comes from, you know, someone that's probably, you know, the, uh, really strong kind of freestyle background as well. Yeah. And, um, and you know, he'd often would be that I've like freestyle moments in those Definitely. sets. And I was Definitely. like, this is cool too. And yeah, just kind yeah. of, I think uh, I couldn't underestimate like seeing those guys when you're like 18, 19, the Kuros, DNOs, Lazies yeah, and stuff. Man. And just different, you know, different types of MCing as well. But it's mm. like, okay, that's, that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. All right. Yeah, yeah, taking yeah. some notes, you know. Yeah, 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 exactly, man, exactly. Because there were those variations, and then you had dudes like you know, you had so reckon them coming out of Sydney, you know, by that stage it's Celsius, and you know, there's the kilowatts, yeah. and there's all these various groups coming out, man, and you're just taking those little things from all of them. Like, how did you? At what point, like, did you like? Because you've always kind of DJed and MC'd, haven't you? Like, it was yeah. you've kind of split your role between the two almost, like, yeah. and then also producing probably later on. Like, did yeah. you ever put more passion or effort into? One or the other, which played the yeah, major at, major role at different times. Like, um, I think oh, I was like. kind of messing with both up to the drop zone, and then when that sort of started going well, I was threw myself mainly in, more into the DJing. Yeah, and because um, at one point we were doing like drop zone Thursday nights, busting out on the Friday nights, and we started a Saturday night thing um, called Rumpus Room, not to be confused with with the Rumpus West End Room. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that. Uh, what's the Queen's Arms Hotel? Oh, for real? Fuck yeah. That. We did yeah, a Saturday no night thing there for a little while. And um, that was that was cool as well. That was a good one. So there was a while where it was like, you know, three Is that where the fucking Have a Beer video was shot? There might be some of it there, some yeah. Some of the Have a Beer video um, was shot there, Some right? of it was at uh, Drop Zone 2, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, and then there's a the Kangaroo Point Cliffs thing. I think if you look really close, you can see me in one of the yeah. uh, very background <laughs> shots of the Kangaroo Point Cliffs ones. Um, <laughs> Yeah, fuck that. And funny. we all fucking we all supported that launch at Rick's Cafe too, didn't we? You were you yeah, you yeah. supported the you supported the bloody, yeah because um, that have was a beer that video a, clip launch. Nick would have been putting that on, right? That was yeah. good grace, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck, I need um, to get Nick on this show, man. Yeah. He's done a fucking lot, eh? Like yeah. now that I think about it, definitely. I spoke to him in the past. I think Proof put me in touch with him, but I fucking lost his number. I have to get at him sometime. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Sorry. Uh, yeah, and no, I think that's a Nick did was I think I first met Nick because I think. It's, Maybe through this guy, Justin Brown, who's like a film guy. Um, we did some like random work for him, like doing promo stuff. We'd, mm. We had a side story, but funny shit. Mm. Um, he, he was get, get like contracts to do like promo for different things. And one of them was like a um, little like a paddle, you know, like paddle ball, like a little ball. That, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So Mattel had, um, you know, patented this one that had like an extendable thing. You could pop it out and like um, replace the bit. So it was mm. meant to be like a, you know, mm. souped up version. Yeah. And we had this sick gig for like a week doing training, learning this thing <laughs> through, this, through this guy, Justin. And um, then we get paid to like go to like shopping centers and like sit at the front of the <laughs> You're fucking joking, really? This <laughs> 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 it was like great pay. We, and after the first day of the training, we got to do it at a mate's place. Fucking um, training, the quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, training. And I like, just trying to learn tricks and we're like, you know, drink, yeah, blah, 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 yeah, yeah. It was great. But yeah, through this, uh, Justin, I'm pretty sure, was, was doing all that promo stuff, getting random work. Um, Nick had done something for him and then – uh, we talked to Nick about doing visuals for um, the drop zone stuff because yeah. they had a projector up yep. there. So we yep. just gave him a bunch of like videos. So some were like, you know, it's probably like Scarface and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. like hip hop video clips yeah. and stuff, which was there's a funny little thing with that because I had these tapes um, that I dubbed from a friend of uh, hip hop video clips that because um, he had like a Channel V or, or like a 
Foxtel or whatever connection like yeah. early on and yeah. it was like dope. So we would, yeah. you know, I think it was Soul Kitchen or yeah. some show And like there, was, that. there was a hip-hop show there, I remember, yeah. Yeah, right. and so we'd record the clips and then I'd record, you know, off his VHS tape onto another VHS yeah. tape and he even had a laser disc player and crazy stuff. Unreal. That we'd, yeah, tape, we'd have juice um, off that. Anyway, um, but yeah, I gave, loaded up Nick um, all these like VHS tapes to like just make a collage of yeah. stuff to play. But I'd forgotten that... Um, at the end of some of those tapes, um, we would do like funny shit. Like my, we didn't know it at the time, but uh, he, it was like basically stop motion animation. So yeah. he would, I remember he had like a bar fridge. We'd like put, you know, beer in the fridge, you know, film for a sec, another beer in the fridge, film for a sec. Yeah. And then uh, the beers are filling up in the fridge and just yeah. like messing around with the camera. And we would also then like, you know, try and freestyle over yeah. – you know, Wu-Tang and Nas <laughs> yeah, and stuff yeah, and just rap along to yeah, like stuff yeah. and just put it at the end of these tapes. Yeah. We even once um, we dubbed, uh, we found, um, do you know the film American Me? I think it's where um, yeah, of course. the Predator the intro movie. comes from. You know, yeah, mm. it's going to be two good coughs. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. We fit, for some reason, we worked out that this tape, the, the copy we'd hired from the video shop, um, you could actually record onto it or maybe we worked out how to do it or something. But we just put at the end of it. Uh, the rape so if scene. You watched, if you watched the whole <laughs> American. It's a bad prison rape scene in that shit, man. <laughs> I remember, I remember right at the, the end, film. the prison rape scene comes on. <laughs> I don't remember anything other than like, oh, this is where that intro is from. <laughs> yeah. But after the credit, if you went, if you watched that, if you rented that film from that one video shop and you watched through the credits, <laughs> the end of it were two like second. 13-year-old kids running them up. I don't even know what the fuck we did. We just recorded ourselves doing this crazy shit. <laughs> so if you rented it, um, yeah, you would have seen, seen yeah. us. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but unbeknownst to me, um, that would that went up, um, you know, one night. I think actually maybe even Nick didn't put it on there, but we would sometimes just play those raw tapes of clips. And if it got to the end of like three hours – you just, I was like, oh, fuck, there's me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, let's change the tape. But at that that was a point that um, someone, I think maybe a, uh, Ben um, Arouse was like, oh, I've seen I've seen this before. And I was like, what do you mean you've seen this before? He's <laughs> like, oh, um, Bevan's, Bevan's got this. Oh, and I was yeah. like, what? So flashback a couple of years before that, um, my mate Dave, who's the one in the video with me running amok, um, He's gone to a Qbert concert yeah. in Sydney. He's, he's in Sydney. Um, and, like, you know, we were super into, like, learning about Scratch stuff then. And he was like, saw this Qbert show. His big sister had snuck him in. He's, like, so inspired. He's, like, gone home to get money to go buy, like, the battle records. Like, yeah. Whatever they were, bionic booger breaks. And yeah, all that sort Toasted of shit. marshmallow yeah. breaks and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, just, you know, like, little beat loops and Scratch samples and stuff. Yeah, when I've he's still, gone I've home, two or three of them. I yeah, I've got yeah. a few of those. He haul breaks, yeah, super yeah. duck break, you know, like whatever. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah, he's gone home to get money to go buy these records and gone like because he's like this stoked fourteen year old, whatever. Like, I want to give Cuba something like mm. you know as a symbol of how much I'm a you know <laughs> I've just been inspired. Yeah, yeah, gives him a tape of us messing around, freestyling, da 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 da, and come you know comes back to the concert, buys the records, goes, man, Cuba, I want to give you this tape. I find out years later at, at Drop Zone via uh, Ben like around saying yeah. I've seen this at, at Bevan's place, at Chief's place, <laughs> that that night, so they've uh, – I think Cubat don't think he was even in the room. Maybe he's just gone 
oh, here's this, this cute game, yeah, this thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like to think that maybe Cubert watched these he, two crazy kids. But <laughs> I think what happened was Sheeps just ended up with it, watched these funny kids. And it's only years later that, like, I'd never met Sheep then. This must have been like 95, 96 or something when um, Cubert came out. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I didn't go to the Cubert concert here. I think I tried to, but it was over 18 or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's only years later that it's kind of worked out. Oh, I'm, I'm that one of those kids in that little video. And he had that fucking video. Yeah. No yeah. shit. And then, he, like, yeah, he ended up sort of being a bit of a funny about it and posting uh, well, it up. Posting it up. up. He's up a as, up, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, fucking all disrespect, man. I remember someone told me that he recorded phone conversations. And I remember, he, like, he used to call him. Yeah, anyway, fucking Bevan G. Fucking. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I think at least for a while you could find it online via um, Bevan G. But yeah, he tried to <laughs> use it as a, as a kind of thing against me at one point. But I was like, I shared it. I was like, man, here's me being a dick. The cow's a fucking clown. Man. No, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah. Fuck. I don't bring yeah. that negative energy here, man. But yeah, yeah like, you know, I've even, I've, uh, man, I want to get, yeah, I can't even go into it. But yeah, fuck, fuck Bevan G. Yeah. You know? <laughs> anyway, but, but it was just a funny, funny thing, man. Like yeah. I, the story of this little, this video going from, you know, my mate's bedroom, us, you know, and we're like shirtless, skinny <laughs> little kids. I've got, I think we even like braided our yeah. hair and stuff yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. you know, trying to wrap like, yeah, this, like learning the hand yeah. movements and stuff. Yeah. And um, it's hilarious. I just, I just wish. That he'd actually give me the whole thing because exactly. I haven't I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> I've seen like this little three and a half snippet, and um, I think in one bit it's I go like I'm going to be sick. I'm out, and like I go and I, I do remember actually going to the bathroom and being sick. So <laughs> I've been pinching little bits of you know uh, his dad at a alcohol like, cabinet. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, a whole yeah. Little, little bit of this, little bit of this. No, 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 straight up feeling horrible. Bam, so, getting into it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, it's a funny little. Thing that yeah. um, I forgot about that whole developmental phase. Yeah, 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 I'm just yeah, yeah. Wrapping into dude, we all went through it, man. It. Yeah. Like, we all went through those developmental phases, of course, <laughs> dude. You know, like fuck, man, like straight up. At what point do you um, sort of start focusing on a solo career, like as a solo MC? Uh, I think we recorded some Decipher stuff um, around 1999, 2001. Um, man, we did like. I don't know if you went to the, we did like the Hilltop Hoods, um, left foot, right foot launch at Drop Zone. Oh, I don't bro. know if you went to that. Yeah, that was a Thursday night up there. Yeah, hey? yeah. yeah. And then yeah. Um, Channel Direct hosted the All Ages one. Yep. And, um, you know, that was. Fuck, that's right, because I wanted to talk about that. That's right. Yeah, I, can't, yeah, I kind of forgot for a moment. But yeah. that was, uh, was kind of cool, man. But it's one of those moments where I was like, uh, like we sat on, we were meant to do like a track with the Hoods, like it's a Decipher Hoods collab. Yeah. And then, you know, just sort of like people sat on it, da da da, and I just go, oh, damn, did you man, do it? Did you just record? No, no, I never recorded. No. And that was, you know, I guess part of the um, thing at the time. I mean, we were sort of getting there a bit. I was like super keen, um, but I think maybe 2D was a bit less keen. And sometimes, I don't know, just the, the there was the ideas were often there, but they're like getting things to finish yeah, line wasn't it, there. Yeah, that's right, getting and it I over think the that's line. Part of what got me into kind of wanting to try and do like a solo thing of like, okay, it's all on me if I want it to happen. Yeah. Um, I'll try and make it happen. Yeah. And then then I realised I need more than just me and 
started talking to people like Sam and yeah, stuff yeah, to it takes help a team make to it make happen. it happen. But but yeah. guess what? When you're fucking when you're goal oriented, man, like I've you know like being in seven fifty for so many years was much the same. Like when there's so many fucking people involved, it's sometimes hard to get that joint over the line or get like to the album stage or anything like that. You might be yeah. able to get a joint. Everyone might love the one joint, but then not everyone likes the next beat and not everyone where this dude wants yeah. to change his raps, whatever. So at a point, it's just like fuck, man. How do you get this over the line? How do you fucking how do you you know like you want to maintain that association, whatever? But how do you just fucking do you you know yeah. like yeah definitely man i get that um but yeah i think after after we finished drop zone because the sort of numbers started dwindling and um i think after like you know winter and we were kind of like oh we've had a good run maybe we'll yeah stop doing that and i was, was it only a year like it was only a year and a half yeah, i think okay. um every thursday for two. a year and a half man that's a commitment yeah you know, dragging those records in every thursday night dj until five you know five. yeah and for a while i was doing um i was up like, working at a office down the road on Brunswick Street from 9am to 5pm. Jesus. So I'd go home for a couple of hours, get my records ready, yeah. and then do 9pm to 5am. Yeah, bro. So I'd just be like slaughtered. And it's then- amazing, eh? Like when you think about it, I used to do the same thing, dude. We'd fucking mm. go, stay out all night and fucking go to work at fucking 5.30 on a Friday morning, you know? Like, ah, oh, it's Friday, it's the weekend now, you know? Like, fuck yeah. it, you know? Like, do the same thing, stay out all night. Go to work yeah. on no sleep, fuck it, just drinking all night. Like, fuck. Yeah. Unreal. But yeah, after after that, after we stopped doing that, I was sort of finishing up at um, uni. I sort of farted around for a while while I was DJing more. I sort of went part time doing a subject semester or something. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll just I'm halfway through this thing. I'll just go and finish it off. Go knock it out. And um, while I was doing that, um, I'd switched from doing journalism to um, uh, I ended up doing a double major in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander studies. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when I was doing one of those kind sort of later subjects. Uh, we had an awesome um, lecturer who was running that uh, guy called Norm Sheehan and he was um, uh, he pushed for people to do he's like you know this is kind of a third year subject I want you to do like what you're going to plan to do next like so some people who are doing Aboriginal studies might be doing any going anywhere like in terms of work wise afterwards yeah. and I didn't know what, what I was doing but I knew I wanted to rap and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. so that's when I wrote um lyrics for Australian story mm. um, as a piece of assessment for this no subject. Shit. I think it was Aboriginal politics and political issues. I played it this subject. morning. I was listening to Australian story this morning. Yeah, yeah. so the, those those verses I, I wrote, yeah, in 2002 as assessment for uni for a subject. Wow. And, um, you know, and it was pretty, like, it was pretty out there for a, a uni to accept it. But it's yeah. just I just kind of came at a time where this lecturer was kind of, like, pushing boundary a little bit something different and um i had to write some stuff that went went with it or whatever but um i I did it originally over this beat 2d had done um and it had a whole other intro section and outro section um how do you submit that as a piece of assessment i had um i had a cd i got it burnt yeah just burnt cd and then did you attach the lyrics and yeah yeah lyrics a thesis or some sort of i think i had to write some stuff yeah about it and but basically littered through it are like references to readings and stuff that we had and stuff so it was i tried to tick the boxes i needed to for the assignment um yeah exactly the rubric uh, (laughs) whatever it is and but it was it was cool because that was the first time i'd like i like dove in like really hard into trying to make a rap that was you know saying what i need to say for like an assignment yeah yeah, yeah. to also make it kind of work as a as a hip-hop track kind of thing and um i remember just sitting there for like a week or something like rewriting bits i've got some of the scraps of like um 
some of the edits and things and yeah. like the ideas. It was like pages and pages of stuff just trying to condense it down. Um, and, you know, at the end of it, like my, my delivery on the, the that first version is really like, Meh. yeah. but, um, you know, I was like, oh, fuck, like if I spend enough time on stuff, like I could I could make something that I reckon is, you know, okay. Like yeah, it was yeah, one yeah. of the first times I was like, maybe there's worth spending time on, yeah, you know, I got on some, some yeah. of these lyrics. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and just that like I liked the idea of maybe I can try and bring what I was doing from that kind of uni world into hip-hop yeah, world yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was like a – that was probably a big moment of like, oh, maybe I'll do some more like solo stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. And just, you know, having people on the same page because, you know, I was taking stuff I was studying. It was like, you know, it's not really like posse track no, material no, no. Yeah, kind no, of exactly. thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then I just started I, – I went went back to Sydney again 2000 and – like this reminds me of being in a club with a cigarette smoking around and I'm starting to lose my voice again. <laughs> yeah, fuck, sorry, like, dude. That's all good. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I went back to You walk out of here with stage two emphysema. He'll spark one and then... And then this cunt sparks one. Man, we kill some cunts in here sometimes, hey? <laughs> oh, man, they get slight re-back, uh, backtrack to drop zone, man, because you can still smoke in the clubs. Yeah, dude. I remember going from the DJ booth um, one night and going to kind of have a pee and like breathing out and it was like smoke oh. came out oh. and I was like holy because it would just gather up the top yeah, where the man. sort of DJ was there's no ventilation and then it was worse again when you went upstairs to the moon bar because the roofs were even well, lower is, yeah this is the moon bar oh like the moon bar about. yeah of yeah. course yeah fuck man that was rank I remember yeah. going out of there some and days, everything like, every, like you know you'd be yellow smell hair smell yeah my like Record crate would smell. Yeah, My yeah. records would smell. Yeah, like man. it was intense. It, it would Dutch. Like, you know, you'd have fucking 100 plus people in this place and fucking, you know, probably two thirds of them are smoking cigarettes, drinking and shit inside a fucking club. Like the roof's fucking like that. You know, you could almost touch the roof pretty much. And it was just fucking smoke, man. Like, oh, it was fucking. That's probably a good thing, banning fucking cigarettes in clubs, man. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, in hindsight. I wasn't complaining. Yeah, I don't, yeah, know, yeah, I don't yeah, have no respect to you. I mean, it made it harder to get away with. Other, other things other, like uh, other recreational fucking we're indulgences like yeah man yeah we still yeah, like Diamond D I still smoke yeah, well, weed in the we're, flicks we're <laughs> talking about you know past things so it's kind of it's taking me back it's helping set the set the vibe that's it sets the vibe baby sets the vibe uh, we're old school <laughs> but uh, but yeah uh, I think Australian story and then I, I moved after I, fin- I finished uni and I was like I went overseas for a bit went to where my um, granddad's uh, country was Slovakia and that was Ooh. kind of Cool. Went with my older brothers, and my mum was there for a bit, and then um, then that's I, then I went. I'm going to move to Sydney. Yep. My brother Steve had moved there back there a year before or something, and um, he's like, you know, let's get a unit in, in Bondi. And I was yeah. like, yep, sweet, let's yeah. do it. That sounds good. Yeah, it's ready for ready for a change. And then and that's when I started really doing like heaps of focused writing because I'd I'd um I'd broken up with a long term girlfriend as well. I'd finished uni. It was just like all I was doing was you know. Some part-time work to pay the bills, yeah. Call center stuff, and then yeah. then writing raps, go yeah. to the beach for summer, yeah. Um, and I got some DJ work and stuff there through because we had a bit of a connection with the Elephant Tracks and um, her guys, yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I started thinking of like just writing raps to instrumentals, like not having um just existing instrumentals. And Steve had started making beats in Acid Pro around then too, so. We, early version of Soulfire we made in that period like 2003 04 um using acid pro and you know yeah stuff um subtle brother i think i wrote around then um basically most of 
the Fire in the Belly album was written oh three oh four when I was in, in, in Sydney. Sydney. Yeah, yeah. And um, then did you come back to Brisbane to record most of that? Yeah, I tried. Because that um, was with Pete's Lab, wasn't it? Like United Notions or whatever. Pete yeah. started that little imprint there for a while. You and Who's for yeah. those listening. Yeah. So I sort of demoed some stuff at home, just like recording with a SM58. Yeah. And um, some, you know, yeah, we got uh, between my brother and I, we bought like a computer. That's the first computer I'd ever owned. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, making sort of trying to make some stuff in Acid Pro, but just all really loop, you know, just heavy loop based stuff. And um, were you producing yourself by then? Sorry, not to um, interrupt. Maybe starting to like sample stuff, yeah. as in, yeah, like let's, because we had this other little sampler thing that's like here's a loop i want yep. to use this loop yep. um but not nothing major it was, it was maybe like here's a loop let's chuck some drums under it mm. that's kind of it yeah, yeah um but it was enough to you know make little like ideas of skeletons of, of tracks course. from and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah and that's when around that time i sort of realized sydney uh one i couldn't handle the winters again and um and that i had more like solid um connections to help get it done mm. back in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I'm coming back to Brisbane and I um, talked to Sam about helping with that process yeah. of, again, because most of the beats were like, yeah, loops, some drums under it, maybe a few changes. So I was like, I need someone to kind of take it to that next stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, thankfully uh, Sam was on board for that, um, recording in that. His parents' garage I was going to say, it thing. would have been there, um, pre-Space Ghost and all that kind of thing, hey? Yeah. Well, I think that that was the first Space Ghost studio that was, was, the, was the, yeah. the garage at his parents' place. And um, and when I moved back to um, to Brisbane from Sydney, I would I must have been in contact with Pete a little, you and who's a bit before that through Solitaro. Do you remember he had yeah, a band project? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, Charlie yeah. as well, who now runs like Brisbane Festival and stuff. Um, yeah. Or did, now it's, anyway. Um, Solitaro, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. do you remember Fucking And then hey, um, one of the guys in Solitaro, I think it originally started with this guy, Michael, maybe, maybe it was Michael, I can't remember. But he was also a lecturer at uni, so I did a bunch of music subjects too at uni that were like popular music, mm. history kind of stuff. And yeah. then I did one that was like music technology. And the main guy kind of set up the Solitaro project uh, was a tutor or he wasn't an lecturer. He was like a tutor there. Um, so I'd, maybe through him I might have met um, Pete or I just yeah. kind of knew of Solitaro and seeing them. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I think we just started talking once I was back in Brisbane and I was like just connected with Pete. Like, oh, yep, he was, we wanted to move out of home. I needed somewhere to live. Yeah. I was like, we're both doing stuff. Yeah. Let's, let's let's get go. a place, and um, we got found an awesome place down at Milton. It was just, you know, run down like big place, but it was like cheap as rent and super central. And um, when you get cheap we, rent in Milton, holy fuck! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's um, actually, yeah, it was, um, and it had like a sloped floor. We found out when we eventually we had to move because I was selling it, and a guy I think that ended up buying it had gone under the house and it had like concrete beams or something supporting the house and one of them had broken oh, so Pete, Pete used to you and hers used to um from in the living room we kind of set up a studio yeah. and he had you know office chair and wheels and he could like roll, roll. to his bedroom because <laughs> of the stove it was a and it was a it was a hole in the floor in the kitchen and um it seemed like uh it was a mouse or a rat or something like kind of come through there so we just like 
put a little, you know, rug over yeah, the yeah, hole yeah. in there. Like, don't walk in that bit of there. Uh, it's good. But, um, keep the rats out. <laughs> was that around? Was that around the um, like, Ali Bar time? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were on the same road as Ali Bar. Yeah, so it was it. perfect. That's two yeah. two thousand five. I moved back around, yeah, April or something like that. So I think I'd already been doing a few Ali Bar things because I'd come back when I was in Sydney. I was still like coming back to do some things. I did a a monthly thing at Rick's for a while too called like Simmer Down. Um, mm. That was with um, some of the like Kafka crew that was sort yeah. of, um, you know, they had more of jazz, like Lan- Lanius and stuff, yes. um, yep. jazz, funk, sort of soulish kind of background. And I get them to kind of play a DJ in between them. Mm. Again, open mic stuff, but a bit more on the kind of, I guess, jammy jazz yeah, funk kind it. of tip. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd come back like once a month um, to do that and um, flugging records and stuff unreal um but uh but yeah so we were when we when we, when we actually moved into this place 2005 heaps of alibar gigs and then like you know uh warm-ups at our place before yeah. and after parties afterwards yeah. and stuff yeah yeah um yeah and just heaps and that's when we because we were both recording at home like ewan was recording coalition stuff he'd already put out i think the first making tracks he'd done making show. tracks and i think the first coalition uh, album had come out um, and it was like just after that that I yeah. think we, we'd moved into that place. So he was starting to work on the next release and, yeah, I was working on this first album with yeah. Sam. So a lot of the vocal recordings for Fire in the Belly I recorded in our living room there and we sort of set up a, you know, dodgy booth with a – we had a door with a doona over it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of set up. Yeah. And um, the computer was so loud you you turn the – we turned the fan down on the – it had a little fan setting on the computer. We turned that yeah, down on recording. But if you forgot to turn it back up after you, you know, finished recording, the computer, yeah, computer would just yeah, like, f- shut down. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, but, yeah. I mean, DCE fried yeah. computers doing that shit too, yeah. yeah. Fucking frying hard drives, whatever the fuck, you know, those yeah. towers or whatever the fuck, you know, like same thing. But how is that – I mean, that that period, that Alibar period, I mean, mm. you know, once again, just for younger listeners, whatever, Alibar was kind of like where everything kind of moved for a little while, didn't it? Like, mm. you know, hip-hop kind of all of a sudden congregated and it's like now it's – I think it's Fru Park or whatever. Like, so yeah. the Alibar, like on Milton Road, there's like tennis courts and a big park called Fru Park now. I actually live kind of nearby and – um I sometimes bug out. I'm like, fuck, there used to be that alley bar. Like this, yeah. that, that used to be here. We were, that, here. Um, we were here all the time. Mike you know? Sound, nice festival, three-day thing. It's man, where they huge. cramped, when their hoods played it. And yeah. they, like that dude, who was it, Bezo or whatever? Bezo, the dudes, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the ran it, man. And he crammed that many fucking cunts in that place that night, man. Like, yeah. holy shit, it was a fire yeah. fucking trap. Like it was, yeah. Yeah. And that, I remember they'd set up like a little, like a backstage room or something on a lower level yeah on the lower something. level that's right um i just yeah. remember going like it was one of those things those you know great times where it's like everything's just started to pop off you know yeah. like the, i think they must have booked hoods before nosebleed section kind yeah, of blew yeah, up yeah. but um you know it's just like here's however many acts would have played at that thing like oh dude tons. man they had coolism brother stony the hilltop hoods fucking like all of us you yeah. know like all the that next generation that was coming through i mean it was like the town drunks and fucking probably the optimum and the coalition and all that yeah. kind of shit and you're right because it was um i i recall the song that was popping at that time was that dumb enough joint Remember yeah, they just yeah. dropped dumb enough like the hoods and it was just prior to nosebleed section nosebleed section went like that but dumb enough was catching them that triple j burn initially yeah. and i remember they came up off the back of that yeah. i'm pretty sure you know yeah hazy memories yeah, yeah. That. but yeah i just remember that that kind of vibe of like you know just heaps of people doing you know similar like as in everyone's loves hip-hop and, yeah. and going from that thing of a few years before that where 
he didn't really know anyone. I was yeah. making you might know one person is doing it, and then suddenly he's like, you know, if a hundred people who are like making hip hop music yeah, yeah. from around the country, all in the one spot, yeah. getting messy and yeah, like, dude, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there was such a cool vibe, and I know I've, in some of the other podcasts I've heard people, you know, yourself and other people talk about that the sport kind of component yeah. of hip hop, but. I really connected with the community kind of thing okay. of like, man, like I love hip hop. You you love hip hop yeah, too, yeah, man. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Like and um, you know, there's obviously some once you start doing stuff and you're like, oh, there's I really want to get that support slot or whatever. Yes. There's an element of that kind yeah. of competition yeah, thing. Yeah, but yeah. I just really from having that thing of you know getting called you know oh, bloody homie you of know course. when you're into hip hop to like. Up. Suddenly, you've got a community of people that are like into this thing. Yeah, man. Uh, that was that was the vibe for me. Like yeah. I, the trying to like do the sales and the you know the industry side of it stuff for me was always a backseat to like. Yeah. I found my people. You yeah, know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely the community. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Absolutely, bro. And you, you like you're like fucking. And that's the point of like this show. It's kind of like pe- putting pieces of the puzzle together because you're a fucking a key component of that community dude you kind of helped build the community with drop zone early on and then the work you did like with fire in the belly how was the response to it like were you happy with the end result and yeah you know? i mean i that album for me like it's i'm so indebted to sam for making it sound um like the, the beats on it and stuff um you know really still i think hold up like i've got yeah. i got the instrumentals mastered at the time and um while i can't handle my delivery on a lot of them yeah, yeah. um listening to the just the production on it, i'm like man this this is bangs like yeah. it's still it's cool oh, um, dude you got bangers man yeah fucking and a, yeah man. so you know sam can take credit for most of that i think you know i would i'd give myself like initial production credit on yeah, some yeah. of the tracks i was yeah. in i found this sample i've done some chopping and then yeah hey sam yeah 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 and some were just straight up um sam you know, beats. beats i think yeah. sunny did one or it was at least his sort of sample digging and um toxic cow from coalition did oh, one dude, and stuff fucking toxic um, holy shit jesus christ that's a fucking name i've forgotten about the bass player right yeah, yeah yeah and he he sort of did a lot of the production as well yeah. like they would sort of bounce stuff back and forth between yeah. him, and, him and pete you and who's um he used to always go over lopsies like uh, you know yeah he was just he like i'd see him at lopsies every so often yeah just grabbing some you know whatever and um yeah, fuck, Toxic Out, wow. I yeah. I just an Elgester dude originally too, apparently. I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I just caught up with him recently at my birthday because I hadn't seen him for a few years. He no shit. He sort of reached out um, online and, yeah, it's cool. managed to catch up with him. Um, but, yeah, he did He did, He did. did bass lines as well on a few other tracks. I kind of – well, Sam kind of annoyed him because some of his bass lines we'd chopped up and yeah. did stuff and he was like man that's not my bass well he's anymore. a muser isn't so he's, he, he's done more bass yeah exactly yeah. Muser. and in, he, there's more bass in that album that's sourced from Toxic Owl yes. than is credited because he yeah. was like take my name off it it's not mine anymore is that like, right? All right yeah he well, caught it like um, that like, yeah. yeah and yeah. then um, so I mean much much respect to Toxic Owl love you yeah, um, yeah great guy and like super Awesome knowledge of music, but yeah, we. I know. We, sorry, we pissed you off by cutting, <laughs> cutting, your, cutting your bass lines up and chopping them up. Yeah, um, hip hop yeah. producers, man, dude, yeah. for real, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I've seen that on fucking numerous occasions, eh? Like musos, man. Like, but they'll still, generally speaking, I've always known most musos to want their credit. But that muso, that muso mentality, where no, nah, that's not my shit, man. Like, yeah, that's the hip hop shit, man. You're turning yeah. it into something, you know? Like, yeah, fucking a, dude. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, and um. So, but yeah, that went, that was cool. Like, um, you know, we, we did heaps of shows off the back of that. Um, 
One thing I was super stoked is at the time Stealth Magazine was kind of yeah. popping off and we yeah. managed to get Australian Story on um, one of the, you know, they do the free oh, discs with yeah, the yeah. magazine. Fuck, we've got them all here. On that. Don't we, Russ? You got all the Stealth Mags here, yeah. the CDs in them? Yeah. yeah. What issue was it? Who was on the cover? That issue. Uh, couldn't even tell you. Yeah. I think that I remember that I think the disc is like black and silver. Yeah, okay. Sort of remember that. That I fucking narrows it down, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they were all different colors. I remember yeah, being I an orange so. one. Yeah, and yeah. A fucking There's one. an orange one that yeah. had like Celsius and yes. yeah. Task Force and yeah, stuff yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. That had some it was after that because that must yeah, earlier. But and that's um, a big look too, getting that, you know, like Yeah, especially when, you know, like you're seeing the you know, I think we did probably uh we might have got sent some promo copies of like the first stealth, or not maybe not first, but the first one when they did with the CDs and yes. they sort of stepped it up a couple of notches. Yep. We did, we gave out, you know, we had promos to give out um, at um, Drop Zone via Hams. Hams would hook us up with yeah, heaps yeah, yeah. of promos to give away. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, going from like, oh, like seeing this cool new hip hop magazine, again, that yeah. kind of community thing, to a couple of years later, like, oh man, I got my, you know, You're I got a song it. on that thing. Yeah, oh, and fuck yeah, dude. Do, you know, had you built any of those relationships in Sydney? Because that was Mark Pollard and them out of Sydney. Yeah, no, I never met place, him when I was in, in Sydney. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mainly Sydney Connection stuff was the Elephant Tracks guys, like, uh, you know, Aussie Battler, Earth Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. So, and it was an older connection with Aussie Battler because when we lived in uh, Sydney and Bondi as kids, uh, he, we were in a block of four units and we were in one. His family was in the lower one, so yeah. like 86, 87, oh, 88 sort of thing. Wow. So uh, we kind of knew the family from then. Um, we kept in contact for a couple of years after that and then there was a bit of a, a gap and then like, you know, then reconnected like 99 or something, 2000. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, we're, we're all, all into hip hop still. All doing and it. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, mainly sort of – I did a bunch of like stuff like DJing at their kind of elephant tracks yeah. kind of events and they used to run these cool um, things at the Beach Road Hotel down in Bondi. It would be like a Friday night thing where um, they'd have – I think they called it this set-up Bass Elephant, which was mm. like a few of the elephant tracks kind of musos and then Earth Boy and Battler and stuff would get up and rap and it often it was, it was kind of loose so they'd often get up – um, other people to freestyle and stuff, so get yeah, up at yeah. that DJ in between, yeah. and um, yeah, but yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't meet Mark Pollard or anyone down no. there, I think, around that time. But some of those other guys, like the Hermitude guys and stuff, then anyone who's sort of elephant tracks yeah, yeah, affiliated, yeah. yeah, um, yeah, just from knocking around down, just in you know, yeah, just going to shows. hitting up. Hitting, you know, harassing those guys. Yeah. Like, can I get, you know, can I get free entry to this? Oh, yeah, can we DJ yeah. at this thing? Yeah. Um, you know, much uh, respect to those guys for giving, you know, me and Steve had got heaps of kind of DJ support gigs through yeah. them. Um, Who DJed for you when you chose to go solo, like as a solo MC? Uh, Music I think I tried or? doing it myself for one oh, or two gigs. Yeah. For one or two gigs. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> and then I try and convince Steve to kind of step up, but he never really was into it. like he'd do basically yeah. kind of rub cuts but yeah, yeah um and you know for our era we wanted people to yeah, like of course cuts. Yeah, you want the cuts. um and yeah i think once um i did a couple maybe without anyone and you know just playing beats probably off a mini disc yeah, play of course, or something of course um yeah. and then yeah i think once i was hanging out with pete then um nick c was there a fix as well for a while oh, wow, yeah. um who was, I think they all had a crew, Fader Fuckers. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And yeah, Fix was cool, chill dude. Then he moved to Melbourne. Yeah. So then I'd sort of try and hit up Nick C. But he was often busy with coalition stuff or other yeah. things. It's amazing um, to see what he's done since, Nick. You know, like, yeah, he's done some crazy, crazy tech shit, stuff. Man. Yeah, man. crazy tech shit, eh? Yeah. yeah, for real. Like the fucking that Stretch. shit. Yeah, yeah, that shit. Like, man, yeah, he's kind need of to get fucking... him on. Discuss that. Yeah, yeah. I need to get. Should get him on. And fucking talking about some of those Sydney dudes, like Aussie Battler and Earthboy and all that. Man, fucking need to reach out to some of these cunts, eh? Like, just to fucking, you know, keep going. But then there's like a six year period between like that and bigger picture. Like, yeah. are you just you just gigging, doing all that kind of thing, yeah. and going back to the lab. Like, yeah. So I definitely. Um... Uh, because it's that seven. period like, not to interrupt but you yeah. please continue that thought but that, that period there is when like you know the Optimum and the Coalition and you and mm. you know all you guys that, that sort of collection of crews and shit like you guys started really popping in Brisbane you know like you guys yeah. had your lane you know like yeah well I did I was doing heaps of live shows with um, Coalition and, and Pete like you and you and Who's and I would do you know I'd get up in his sets he'd get up in my set mm. um, and so sometimes it was like a blurred line of yeah. like who said it yeah. was or whatever yeah um so yeah heaps of live stuff and then around uh maybe a 708 um somehow we got a thing at um was that called manfred's or something yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah a live sort of jam thing happened yeah. i think is i think it was through leany um she oh, both yeah. flew on australian story yeah, and yeah. Was putting on gigs and stuff um i think it was through her it was just like a jam night thing and then um I'd get up and rap and then we started doing that more regularly. And then we were like, oh, this kind of – this is sort of working. Why don't we try to get some gigs elsewhere? And yeah. we came up with a name. We called it Deep Ends. Yeah. And um, we jumped <laughs> in the deep end. Uh, I remember yeah. I remember, I, I remember Leany. Love you, Leany. But Leany wanted to call it something like Funk Street or something. And oh, I was like, God, Jesus No, no, no. We're not going there. It sounds like a bad 90s radio show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> – Deep ends one over Funk Street. Deep ends. Um, but we, we did a bunch of We started there and actually going like, oh, let's maybe rehearse some stuff because mm. it was just all just dough jam and I'd yeah. spit some raps and try and freestyle. I've never been that great at freestyling. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, as it went on, we then we got, we applied for like Brisbane Festival. We did yeah. some like Brisbane Festival shows and um, did a bit of that. I think that was then hard to manage because it was like, I think there was a, one point of seven people in it, and it's just hard to yeah. do it. Um, it's too much, but, eh? It's when it starts to fucking implode, you know? It's just like, man, it's too many people. Yeah, and everyone, you know, because it's no one's getting much money. Everyone's no. playing in like five different things. So, like, trying to like line up dates and stuff. So, yeah. I think it just sort of that sort of faded out. But um, that was that kept me, you know, busy every weekend for ages. And then um, I also, 2008, I got a gig. Uh, approached about playing this um, DJing at a festival in Korea. Fuck. And um, at that point, I wasn't really DJing much. I'd kind of stepped, you know, way more into the rapping with getting ready for Fire in the Belly, and yeah. then after that. Um, so then I kind of was like, oh man, I got to remember how to DJ again, yeah, and yeah. Um, like just went deeper into that again. And so I sort of, sort of pushed rapping to the side for a bit, and that was that was great. There was just like a, um, you know, a awesome hookup through. An old family friend who happened to be working on this festival and thing was like, I want to get you to play it. And yeah. I was like, hell yeah, okay. Yeah. Who else and was, was it? Was it like a oh, – it was, it was like there'd be like circus things and yeah. other like random stuff. There was other like local DJs and stuff. But I think 
you know, I was billed as like Australia's leading DJ or something. You know, it was like, <laughs> it was totally oversold. But yeah. um, I was like, man, you're going to pay for me to go to Korea and give me some money, you know, that I'm going to come Fucking home with a. and put me up in accommodation. And I was like, man, this is a great gig. Yeah, but so yeah. then I, I put it on myself because I was like, you know, six months out or whatever. I was like, yeah. all right, I've got to make this count. And I brought vinyl, like stupidly. Oh. I would never, ever consider taking Packing vinyl overseas. I wouldn't even consider taking vinyl interstate anymore. Yeah, dude, no way. Um, but I brought like 32. It was something that was over what was some maximum thing anyway. It was a trouble getting back on the flight. Yeah, because all the weight and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, like fuck, luggage and all that kind of crap. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so in the lead up to that, I did some more DJing support things. I tried to... I think we did some more gigs, Steve and I going back and forth as mm. Born Brothers, yeah. Um, trying to like do some more of that. So I kind of had the live band thing and DJing a bit more. Yeah. Um, but I think around 2008, nine, I started gathering beats for bigger pictures. I think um, I was pretty keen again with the whole community thing of like, oh, I've met these people, I want to hit up this person for a beat and yeah. whatever. Yeah. And I think Chasm was the first one to uh, either that I hit up and or that got back to me um but i think can't see you and everything ain't were the yeah. first two beats i got for that which is that a chasm beat running. can't see you yeah is that yeah. a chasm beat yeah, yeah. word that's a dope um, song man and maybe actually i should, probably should fucking lead into it you're you know you're you're visually impaired you yeah. know which is largely what that song kind of focuses around yeah, yeah. dude can you just speak on that like how, how is your sight like you know like fucking what can you see how far I have no it? idea who I'm talking to yeah. right now. <laughs> exactly how many things am I holding up <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not wearing glasses in your context no uh, so yeah uh, if, if you, you look at if you're looking in that direction you're lucky uh, you're blind can't like fuck uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, glass, glasses only fix like uh, you know a portion of my eye that isn't the main issue so yeah. I do have glasses. I wear them sometimes to sharpen things up, um, but, uh, but you but can't make, drive. I can't or, drive even yeah. with glasses. Um, yeah. But yeah, the main day-to-day stuff: recognizing faces, um, which is sometimes funny. But you say it funny in the in song, the, you know. You say it in the song, like dudes, yeah. you know, like you might not see them, you know, like yeah. fucking dudes might be like, "Hey," it's like, "Oh man, I can't." So you, you, know? can, you can't hold a, legally hold a license. No, uh, um, but I'm not. But I'm not legally blind. I'm not legally blind, but I can't legally drive. So find me riding bikes, hoping it'll be fine. That's it. That's um, it. Yeah. So yeah, I ride my bike around a little bit, catch buses. <laughs> um, but the main main day to day stuff is like recognizing faces, trying to catch the right bus. So I do just hail no them all shit. and hope for the rest. No shit, really. Yeah, just like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you just got to wait for it to pull up and just go like, "Fuck, is that the bus?" Yeah. Or? Well, now I've, I've sussed out like you know because I'm moved a year and a half ago to sort of relearn it all. Before, and I was like, well, and go back and just catch everything because it was on the way to the city. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, then I had to kind of work out a bus stop where at the moment I can hail everything. There's only one bus that's like some bus that goes to Aspley that doesn't even stop there. So I try and hail that sometimes <laughs> yeah. and he just drives on. One time he went to stop for me and I can see it once it's stopped and yeah. I'm like, oh, sorry, bro. <laughs> um, but otherwise I've got – I did up uh, – printed up signs, which is one thing that, you know, someone said to do like you know with the bus number on it yeah, yeah, yeah. but some days i'm like i want to go there's like a couple of different buses i can get so it's too complicated i was going to do one on each side or something but i used it once and i was like yeah it's all right i just feel like a bit of it i don't know, feel funny. Oh, no, yeah you feel like yeah i was like we'll we'll uh we'll wrap for bus rides yeah yeah, yeah, yeah for um, real <laughs> yeah but yeah it's uh it's a genetic thing. I've had it, you know, since birth. I think I first got a 
diagnosis when I was 12. I had to do all these like crazy ass tests where I'd be like in a dark room mm. and they'd flash little, you know, lights. It was like some government torture. Shit. Yeah, 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 for real. <laughs> it was yeah, intense. Yeah, yeah. yeah my eyes would be like, what like orange shit or some fucking shit. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, Christ. juvenile macular dystrophy, former macular degeneration. Um, Is there going to, like, does it get worse? Yeah. Or? yeah. Oh, for real. But um, yeah. I mean, in the time that I've been getting my eyes checked, it's like only been. It's not been like super significant yeah, going down, but yeah. it can kind of do whatever it wants. It can sort of go Roop, all of a sudden. And, yeah. Um, if you're crooked, does it impact your eye? Like you say, if you're if you're under the weather, does your uh, sight deteriorate? No, not not that I've noticed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think I was saying the way over here, like changes in light, uh, it yeah. takes my eyes like longer to adjust. Yeah, and so sure. the whole thing of like going into a venue or out of a venue takes me ages. And and part of the reason of trying to write that track was like. Um, I've had a couple of times where, you know, sometimes there's some fragile egos yeah, in yeah. life, but also when, you know, maybe in hip hop and yeah. everyone putting themselves out there and people like think, you know, I was like Do being rude to them, them you know, yeah, exactly. like that I had an attitude and da, da, da. Yeah. And so I was like, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to make, <laughs> I'm going to make a track. And I was like, I put it out there and like that way it's kind of done. Yeah. And then, then I was like. Oh, hang on, now I've got to do the track. I was doing the track every set and I was like, now I'm kind of tired of doing the track. And many times I can't see you. And the T-shirts, man. Yeah, the T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. Chubb is wearing yeah. one of those T-shirts in one of my videos. Yeah, yeah. Deuce Deuce Yeah, that shirt got a bit of film clip love. Yeah. Chubb is wearing it in Deuce Deuce and Aussie Battler's wearing it in a Herd clip as well. So it's kind of nice seeing those little things. Is there a cure? What's up? Is there a cure or something to help with steroids? Nah, not at the moment. I mean... Occasionally, like my mum and dad will send me an article on like some like development in eye science, yeah, and yeah. and there's some cool stuff they've done with like people that have had like no vision being able to get like you know basic like two dimensional like color like some like black white kind of stuff Silver happening. So I think from the like extreme ends, there's some progress. I'm sure you know I've always kind of gone oh by the time mine gets really bad, hopefully the eye technology is yeah, I just get it. a new little. Bionic yeah, yeah, exactly. Slotted exactly. in. Exactly. We'll see. That's what I said about tattoos. I, by the time they bother me, I'm hoping there's a pill that just fucking removes them. You know, <laughs> like, boom, they're gone. They fucking hurt. I've got a couple of mates that have done the. What tattoo removal? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't fucking like bother, fucking... man. It's just, it's fucking torture. And it takes some fucking umpteen sessions to get done. Mm. And they just fucking burn it off. They see, they sear it out of your skin. Yeah, that you know? like, fucking hurts, man. Yeah. I know Oath, mm. when he, he had some shit on his, done on his back, and he wanted to get a full back job done, and they had to fucking. They had to get rid of some of the shit that was on there. And he goes, man, it was fucked. Like, and particularly on your back, you know, yeah. like, fucking crazy. But, I mean, your next record, that's Born Fresh Records by that, yeah, by that point. Yeah. Like, I where's mean, the Born Fresh thing come from? That's Butcher in that, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'd done, with uh, Fire in the Belly, it was like United Nations, which was effectively kind of you and who's. Mm-hmm. And then we hooked up Distro through Obese. Um <laughs> Because Born Fresh yeah. put out a fair few release, or you know they had yeah releases. the first Tom some like Crate Tommy Creeps, Tommy Ilfiger right. thing. Uh, Craig Creeps was on Born Fresh, yeah. The United Nations stuff I think was Coalition, uh, Tommy Ill, uh, the first like unfiltered EP thing, oh, yeah. my thing. Uh, originally Kings Connected were kind of yeah. uh, kind of on the. Or on the books, there were no books. Like they were like affiliated, yeah, and then um, because they were class A renegades. Thing yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of yeah. they went around. Uh, but yeah, Pete, I remember hearing, um, I think actually when we were at that place in Milton, it must have been 2005. It's probably the first time. Uh, I think I met Rory first. And just hearing uh, his raps and going, like, man, this yeah, is dude. cool, dude. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. 
Um, oh, that's right. Because when they were on the show, they fucking credit Pete. That's right. They'll credit you and Who's as being one of the first people to really put them on. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that now. That's right. Yeah. Um, and they're on that uh, on one of the tracks in the Coalition crew, Known Unknowns thing too. Oh, yeah. So sick. Yeah. Working for stolen wages. Mm. Um, yeah. Phenomenal um, MCs, man. Totally. A phenomenal group, just like beyond MCs, like a production MC, like just that dynamic, man. They're fucking, fuck. Man, mm. they're they're fucking they're on a level like they're on a level you know can't wait yeah. to hear culprit's solo record man culprit's got a solo record coming and that uh i just saw the production promo for that production album yeah oh um, tragedy yeah the tragedy joint yeah. yeah that they've just put out yeah apparently i think that's been sitting around for a while like strict um strict nine like they'd had that in the works and i know rory had produced a lot of that or him and like rory and strict had produced a lot of that and been yeah. sitting around for a while but yeah i haven't had a chance to listen to it yet but it looks fucking incredible yeah like, yeah that's absolutely good. Uh, but yeah, um, but I mean, going into that born fresh, yeah, going yeah. So that. I think after Phone of Belly, there was a you know, Nations distributed through Obese. Then there was a while we were talking to Obese about like doing United Nations label yeah. deal thing with Obese, and um, that was sort of bubbling away. And it was going to be like me and Tom and Coalition as like a label slash collective deal three artist deal thing or something. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think we were a bit, you know, nervous about the amount of like, or like the, maybe some of the loss of control with becoming a sign artist yeah. rather than a, you yeah, know, yeah. distributed one and yeah. the scales of, you know, money oh, so gonna, slash debt and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So you're actually going to take an obese deal that's going to be on the distribution. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Um, wow. And that's what, and Coalition did. Um, oh, they did so, too. Yeah. Fuck, of so we ended up, yeah. Sort of going, let's just do it as yeah. we'll deal with everyone individually. Yeah. Um, and then I think, I don't kind of remember how it all unfolded. I was also sort of like, because I've been sort of hanging out with the Elephant Tracks guys, I was sort of like, oh, you know, is Elephant Tracks interested in putting it out? Yeah. Yep. Um, and then like, I think at the time, I think uh, Earth Boy sort of going, oh, we're sort of, we've got, we're, you know, because they've always been like a different uh, a label that had sort of different stuff. They're Definitely. like, you know, to be blunt, it was it was good. It was like you know, you're, you'd be another, uh, you know, white male rapper on the label. Yeah, it's like yeah, we're yeah. you know we're trying to have different sort yeah. of artists. And I was like, got to be cool. left field, like fucking yeah, and it's different kind of stuff. Angles. And yeah. and I mean, look at tip hop now, like that's um, you know, it's cool. It has blossomed like there's way more cultural representation, women in hip hop, da da da. And I think certainly. elephant tracks have certainly played a role in helping sort of yeah, push, push that, that out. Definitely, man. Um, but uh, but yeah, in the end, I think for whatever thing, I think that mix of wanting, you know, being a bit scared of giving up control because mm. of out of necessity, I'd been involved in putting on gigs and organizing artwork and organizing shows and all that kind of stuff to then go, oh, okay, now as a label, they're going to force you to spend all this money on stuff. And mm. I think it was at that time too, where it's like, really, do we want to spend all this money on street press ads yeah, and yeah. Um, stuff? And I wasn't sure about it whatever yeah so i ended up sort of going um <laughs> born fresh was kind of doing its thing i even was talking to sam at the time about red tape mm, and mm. kind of then because um you know shogun kind of that's right. fell over around that time it was yeah. like okay well they were going through inertia and it was just all these like how we what label and what yeah. distros are going how are we happen. getting our music out yeah definitely and then um yeah then we just ended up doing you know, born fresh distro through Obese, uh, and you know there's already existing relationship. As a distro artist, it was pretty had been pretty straightforward yes, for Fire exactly. in the Belly. Yeah. Um. So like, 
cool. I know what I'm working with. But um, yeah, and because and Butcher had stepped up for DJ and uh, after kind of, um, you know, fixed move to Melbourne, Nick C was often doing coalition stuff or other things. Um, I started getting Butcher more for DJ and, yeah. um, and I'd known Tom, you know, from ages back from, you know, sometimes through Nick, I guess, getting him up um, at gigs and then United Nations releases. We did heaps of shows together. Yep. Um, so, you know, doing something as Born Fresh. With, yeah, yeah. It was just, you know, it's kind of mates again. Had, he, had Butcher left, well, not left Pure Product, I know Pure Product was still going because Pure Product were like red tape but then yeah. Butcher started the Born Fresh thing, didn't he? Yeah. Like off the back of that. Was that – Yeah. Was he – was was the Pure Product thing over by that point? Do you remember or uh, – I, I think – no, I think it probably was or at least people were – had other priorities because like um, – Fourth was doing the Vegas Aces thing That's with Cam right. Bluff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was dope, eh? Yeah, yeah. Boomtown yeah. Shuffle and stuff was cool. Yeah, um, that Cam Bluff dude, you got some fucking good joints with Cam Bluff too, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I met Cam at a, um, a workshop thing I started putting on um, at Jugglers called like um, oh, Beats, Beats Rhymes and Pieces or something. So yeah. it was like, you know, you could paint. Um, we'd have beats playing, yeah. write raps, freestyle, whatever. Yeah. Um, and it was like a Sunday Arvo thing. And um, he brought in, he would have been pretty young, I guess, and brought in like a, must have been a CD or something of beats. And I was like, this is, this is great. Like yeah. all just like great soul sample, yeah, you know, man. soul sample, boom bappy kind of stuff. Um, so I'd kind of kept in contact with him after that from him just coming to that. Um, Did he produce for though? Was it Choose Mics or something like that? Was Cam Bluff? No, it wasn't Cam Bluff. Hey, no, Who's I think that? Um, Mules. Oh, Mules, yeah. Mules. That's right. Yeah. Mules Mecca or whatever. Right? That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah, but Cam, and then Cam. <coughs> I mean, Cam's doing all crazy stuff. Yeah, he does crazy shit now. Hey. Yeah. That's what I remember hearing somewhere through the grapevine that that dude does bigger things now. Like. Uh, yeah, like mainstream. So, like, I think he was involved with because maybe M phases. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's kind of mentoring him or something and doing some. Stuff like Amy Shark and yeah, some of those yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. artists. Um, yeah. But yeah, all all um, all respect to Cam. Man, yeah, he's young from a young age. You know, you can see this dude has like got production had skills. Had that um, skill. You've all, you, like you've developed some relationships with some great fucking producers. Kelsky's another one. You know, yeah. like you know, even going back, man, you got some like fucking really like fucking incredible material with Kelsky, man. Like just some great songs. What is it fucking, is it live and learn or learn and teach and shit like that? Like, is that, uh, Kel, is that no, a Kelsky? That one's, my, that one's mine. That's probably is that one yours? of the only. That's recent too, hey? Yeah, yeah. I learn think I teach. just put it out last year or something. Just What's a the little Kelsky joint that dropped thing? recently? I wrote one down. Uh, this one that's on Cal's release, one more song, um, with like Raven and Flu. That oh, one, that's like that one. Yeah, yeah. Did he put that on, on seven or something? Uh, he did 12 inch, um, like, uh, maybe al album release or maybe it's, I don't know if it's all the songs or yeah. most of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think he did that, the 12 with the tracks with you and yeah, that's Lazy right. yeah, and then, uh, the, maybe the album or select tracks from the album yeah. as well. How did he put you um, guys together? How did he put you, Raven and Flew together? Uh, I think he'd, originally he was going to write for it and, mm -hmm. um, I think, um, you know, I'd sort of hadn't been rapping much and then I'd, I think I just kind of popped up on Cal's radar again because I just was just posting, you know, I'd started like doing the fucking rap to Instagram works in yeah, progress yeah, thing because yeah. I was just yeah. like, fucking I'm writing stuff. Yeah. I don't have any plan. I'm not trying to like 
hold back on my release. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm just rapping because I like it, you know. <laughs> That's it. So, you know, he was like, oh, man, do you want to do – I'm having trouble writing for this song. Here's the concept, da-da-da. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, man. So I wrote it sitting in the back of the car while my son was sleeping and we were like parked in the side street because when he was only um, – he'd only sleep in the car. And I think yeah, we'd yeah. taken him to um, a swim class or something and he's fallen asleep in the car. We're like parked next to a train station. I've got like headphones on and yeah, wrote, yeah, wrote yeah, the verse up, for it. Straight up. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is, this is how I've got to do it now. Like, <laughs> that's it. That's exactly, dad, that's dad exactly rap. right. <laughs> yeah. Dad rap. <laughs> how, was the, like, how was the response to um, Bigger Pictures? Like, were you happy with it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got um, I got a publicist for that um, yeah. thing. I worked with heaps of Flash. Um, yeah. It was like Evan uh, and Paulie at the time. It seemed Dumb like Marine a bigger release too, like bigger, like just a. Well, yeah. I mean, we were so his publicist was like you know, um, sending stuff to you know doing all that groundwork, yeah. sending stuff to community radio, street press, da 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 blogs. Yeah. Um, so that was cool because I'd done, you know, some of that myself before, but, you know, it's a hard slog trying to like promo your yeah, own stuff all the yeah. time. And um, so it was cool. Like it was – that was the other thing I thought, oh, well, like if I if we went signed to somewhere, they're going to be spending all this money that I don't pay back. What about if, you know, I, I recognize that that's a thing that helps get your music out there. Mm. What if I just do that bit myself or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, and that was cool. I learned a lot from that process and it was um, – helped you know get some more words out there and we did some crazy little like you know when we do shows in sydney we go oh we've booked you to do a community radio interview somewhere you know so we catch a train go off somewhere and it's you know uh i don't remember who this person was like maybe like a middle-aged lady yeah in doing some community radio show but you know and they're like well like she she if she likes your music man she talks about it and she will like Pass it on to yeah, like yeah, heaps yeah. of people. And I'm like, yeah. cool, man. I would, I would never have thought of that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And, yeah. Um, and you know, it just helped kind of get the word, of that, word out there and also helped me, um, you know, think of like how I'm going to – what is what is this album about? What am I about? Because you have it. to do all the million interviews for yeah, all these different yeah, yeah. little things. And yeah. It's like how am I going to talk shit a million times, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was cool. Um the Valley, I'm glad we did that clip for the Valley right. song and Dewey yep. nailed it. Um, yep. Captured the vibe of that. And I let her, chew, I think I sent her a couple of songs. I was like, what do you want to do? And I, I kind of knew in the back of my head that she'd gravitate towards yeah. like maybe grittier one or like just picturing what she could do with it. And she was like, yeah, I'll do the yeah. Valley. And, um, and it's a great little snapshot of Fortitude Valley in that era. You going through the fucking valley, man. Like, you know, to yeah. see the valley then, you know, like, I mean, that's fucking, dude, we're talking about fucking 10 years ago now, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And how fucking much things changed just in that time, you know, yeah. in those nightclub precincts, you know, like, fuck. Cops or the yeah. nightclub precinct, you know? Cops dragging that drunk bloke to the watch here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I watched it again. When did I watch it? I think yesterday afternoon. I fucking checked it out again. And, and you know, we would do, we did, uh, like a couple of evenings in there with Dewey. It'd be like me, Dewey, and my partner, Amanda, and um, just the three of us rolling around catching different stuff. And some stuff was like set up. Um, there's like little bits in there. And, and then she went and, you know, got a couple of friends to do some bits. And then she would she'd go, all right, you know, go home. I'm going to hang out for a couple of hours. And she would just hang out from like, you know, that sort of 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. or yeah, whatever yeah. and just film. Just, just get all that cutaway that footage. Yeah. And exactly. Um, yeah, so she did 
great job. And it was like, it was kind of that thing too of, I wasn't um, thinking of it as like, you know, there were songs, there's plenty of songs on the album that have like singers and might be a more like obvious single or whatever right. to try and push. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I kind of went to do it. What do you want to do? You mm. do this. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah. And um, it kind of ended up working out in a weird way too, because it ended up in terms of like that sort of mainstreamy recognition as much as it got any mainstream recognition. Yeah, yeah. Like it ended up getting nominated for Queensland Music Award and winning a Queensland Music Award, you know, which is that more cue music, yeah, yeah, music yeah. industry did recognition get, for a track that's just that? rap and me, the chorus is just me going in the valley, walk through the valley, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, was like, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. It's like, it's nice. You know, when you, you kind of think, oh, if I'd tried to pick the most like <laughs> saleable song or something, I wouldn't have picked the one about yeah, the valley. Yeah. But in a sense it was because it was about Brisbane and the valley right. and then. Queensland but sometimes they're the best joints and they make the best singles. They're not the most obvious joints. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. it's not always the most obvious one. That's it. Like, you know, because there was that period there probably through that, 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 you know, I'm probably going back more like the fire in the belly era where most rap artists were putting out the track with the hook, you know, with the chick on yeah. the hook or yeah. the dude yeah. on the hook, yeah. you know, like that hook, you know, then it was just kind of like, man, that got old pretty quickly. So yeah. it was good to take a fresh approach and to see a fresh approach, you know, like yeah. it was dope, dude. It was dope. And, and like, I, I, I worked with heaps of singers on that album partly because mm. that had just kind of been how the mu my own music kind of experience had changed over those years from doing more like band stuff and live stuff. And I was like, man, that person's got a cool voice. Do you want to do something on yeah, this thing? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's uh, it wasn't like, a, oh, I've got to get a singer on here to make a hook. And I think if I was trying that, I might have tried to make things a bit more catchier. But yeah, there's yeah. certainly, you know, way more singers on that second one. Yeah. And also I just didn't want to be rapping a verse, rapping the chorus, Ooh. rapping another verse, rapping a chorus. I was like. Dude, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you got to experiment, man. you got to fucking push yourself creative, you know, cr creatively, you know, you got to do that, yeah. you know, and just branch out. And how many people do you work with? You know, your circle was big. There's a creative circle. You bring those people in, you know, like yeah. fucking hey, dude. No, it's amazing, man. Actually, I fucking like – had you uh, – because I wanted to get into your production because, man, like that fucking Lazy Ray remix is incredible, man. I think it's as good as any of the remixes that Lazy's put out. I said to you in the car on the way down, I want to fucking – I want to play it just for people to fucking hear it. And all these joints you can um, like Google Rain Man, Rain probably Google Rain Man the rapper, you know, and Rain Man Queensland rapper, whatever. Like, you know, there's a lot of his stuff like on SoundCloud and stuff. So a lot of the stuff we're talking about. I mean, dude, I've got the Nas and Ain't Hard to Tell remix, you know, like fuck, man. There's a few joints I wanted to talk about in particular. Um but this remix man that just dropped recently dude i just wanted to fucking give people a little snippet of it man because remix of walk and talk off lazy's um was it off the underestimated like man like the best remixes breathe new life into a song for me and this is a fucking fantastic remix so i just want to give people a little listen to this shit i'll take it back to the fuck sorry listen to these drums there's just snap like you can't handle the truth You ain't built for this shit You so goof in the booth Disrespect all your peers You ain't hearing me through You fucking dead it, son shit. I was just this with headphones on yesterday I'm just like, oh, you shit you Like, you caught me I was you just like, wow this shit. You so goof in the booth Disrespect all your peers You ain't hearing me through You fucking dead it, son Shit, it's on you Walk and talk at the same time mine waiting for a sign my game's divine patient you've been hating since the day that it shined even but down for be the yeah. gods to sign a little bit yeah. um, you 
Started cutting it in, so it's, I probably yeah had it pitched down. But I think I remember having I couldn't get it sitting quite right, probably because the turntable uh, needs to be calibrated again or something. So it mm. slipped a bit. So there's a couple of bits where I had to kind of like bump it. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's a great dude. It's a great like when you like when you make a beat like this. Were you just thinking like fuck? I'm just going to chuck an acapella in it. You didn't want to get on it yourself. Like it's just a uh, fucking dope. Yeah, beat, when man. I I made it, I was thinking I'd rap on it, and then I just had it sitting for a bit, and then um, when I you know got that lazy record, every time there's a lazy acapella, yeah, I mean yeah. I set you know fire in the belly. It's a lazy <laughs> yeah, sample. Exactly, like, yeah, <laughs> probably when um, I did the track with Bones for roll call. Yeah, and he was like, oh, have you got any ideas for samples? It's like lazy, lazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. He's got that voice, man. Fucking yeah. a. Um, so yeah, I just once I had a new acapella to play with, I was like, oh, see what, yeah, see what'll go on, and then I just chucked it on there, and I think I just, like sent it to turn it to lazy, and he was like, yeah, that's cool. It's like, it's cool if I put it on just SoundCloud. something to put out there. So yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is kind of thing, like you know, so you haven't had an album in you know a few years now. Yeah, nine years or something. Yeah, dude. Yeah, um, fuck, it goes quick, eh? Yeah. I mean, families come along and marriage and all that kind of thing. You know, takes priorities but and whatever. But no marriage for kids. Oh, you know, so okay. Yeah, word, word, I'm word. Certainly committed to my lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No <laughs> doubt, no doubt, no we're doubt. We're just both like uh, have a background in putting on events and stuff, so we're like. You know, oh, I don't uh, know if we're doing, we, want to do, we want to do it like this. Oh, we're going to do it like that. Oh, we'll get around to it. Yeah, exactly. And we're like, yeah. oh, once the kids, you know, yeah. old enough now. So, oh, yeah. We'll get around to it. Hopefully, while my uh, parents are still alive. That's it. But like, so that's like, what... you found like just to say, you know, you just fucking just got some time on your hands. Boom, knock out yeah, some remixes. Yeah, I, like, I tried to a few bits and think pieces. of this thing of um, like tr doing just passion projects of like. Yep. You know, what am I moved to do? Because sometimes I go like, oh, man, yeah, it's been ages since an album. What am I going to do? I sit down to like work on my own stuff. It'd be like feeling like I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to push it. But I'm yeah, like, what yeah. do I feel like doing? Oh, I've got this lazy. Oh, I'm going to suck it on this beat. Yeah. Just like work where the passion is yeah. and, um, you know, not you know what, worrying about what I'm going to do with it afterwards because yeah. that's, you know, that's where the fire in the belly kind that's of started. It. It's like I'm, I want to, I'm inspired to do this. That's it. And I think, um, you know, as Times more like I'm still writing, and I've tried to put out like a track onto my Bandcamp or SoundCloud, yeah. like one a year or something. Yeah. I think I've yeah, tried yeah, to yeah. average, just like well, learn oh, teach. Yeah, that's dope. a fucking you know that is it. Learn yeah, learn teach. That's a fucking man. That's a dope, and you produce that as well. Yeah, man, she with that corn oh, fuck, halfway through. Sorry, sorry. like this again. Like this is drums. One two, Rain man. This. Actually, I'll play one more. That ain't hard to tell. Look at all these fucking joints. I've been playing them, so I gotta fucking <laughs> go back to the start of it. Sorry. And for those listening at home, you can find this. It's Rain Man Music on. Hold on. Right, head to Rain Man Music on fucking Sound uh, on SoundCloud. There's probably no need to add a fuck to the start of that, but here we go. Just check this. Yeah. Fuck. Fucking there. You know. This is Duncan. Where are you getting your drums? Like. 
well, anywhere and wherever. Well, some of them I remember getting from Sam and Sonny, this little it ain't first drum library. This sounds pitch right now. Like, uh, yeah, the game was off vinyl, so I just cut it in and uh, let it play. And even like the gap between the verses, I was like, is it going to come in on time? And yeah, yeah. it kind of did. There's I a huge gap between, and then you do like a, your own little cut chorus in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, it's fucking sick. And again, like that beat I started, and that's all like uh, virtual instrument stuff. Like, so that's no samples other than the drums and the cuts. Yeah. Uh, but the music stuff is me trying to, you know, think I can play music. Yeah. Music stuff. Um, but just trying to look, like dirty up sounds to make them sound. Dude, you know, I was going to say it sounds dirty, man. Yeah. I'd have to cut out of this beat, man. Like, and it's I'll, dope, dude. I'll, it's it's dirty. It's like, it's just, is it like a synth in there or something? Yeah, yeah. Half man, half amazing. Oh, man. Yeah, Sick. and again, because so cool. that, that, that Nas track, like I was using that instrumental to rap on, yeah. you know, going back to like being like 14 or whatever yeah. and then be like, yeah. oh, now I can, now I've, got my skills where i can make make a remix and um i mean some of this stuff i've just you know the mixing i reckon sometimes i'm like oh it's a bit uh oh, could could be a bit brighter sometimes when i mix stuff myself i uh, i use my you know my sensibilities i think are more like tape from yeah, growing up yeah, from all those years of tape yeah often my mixes i think are a bit muddy um but it's because i like that warm sound the last yeah. last thing i want to hear is like too crispy too clean harsh like snares yeah. and stuff i like yeah. them a bit duller and warmer for, yeah, yeah. for better or worse but yeah, sometimes yeah. I think I should just give someone else the mixing thing but most of the time now I'm just like I've got this hour to like do something before yeah. you know my son wakes up or I'm going to take him to soccer or whatever yeah. whatever it might be so it's just like alright in this hour I reckon I can put this acapella over this beat yeah. and maybe I'll try and make some <laughs> shitty artwork or something to go with it yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. boom alright done yeah, knock it out alright on to the next thing yeah. <laughs> well I suppose man it all goes full circle like you know like from starting this conversation by talking about Nas to finishing the conversation where you fucking you've you know created your own fucking remix and you know that whole bit is there anything else you want to add to you know because I know we've got to get you out of here, man. I, I said I'd have you at this party by fucking 3.30. It's already 4 o'clock, so we've got a half-hour drive ahead at least, so, you know. All good. They'll, um, they'll, they'll be okay waiting. <laughs> they'll still be um, a beer there <laughs> when you get there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, just for me, in terms of that thing of coming full circle too, like I started to touch on it um, before, like my day job now is working with like 14 to 25-year-olds that are at that they've kind of dropped out of mainstream school and we've got a music studio most of the days we can do music project stuff so they come in i get to be there for them recording their first rap making their first beat showing them how to like put a sample onto some pads and yeah, mess, yeah. Uh, mess it up and it's like for me that's super cool to now be in that kind of phase of stuff where i can be like here's some tools yeah. like i i feel like you know jack of all trades master yeah, of none yeah. or whatever i can yeah. do a little bit of everything but yeah. You know, I consider myself awesome at anything. Yeah. But to be able to like show like the next generation like little bits and mm. spark that little bit of inspiration. Definitely, man. And you see some amazing like, you know, talent coming out of, you know, 15 to 18 year olds that I work with. So yeah. it's super cool to, you know, come from that thing of having those older people put me on and be mm -hmm. those cool role models to be able to, you know, be able to then pass that on. That's yeah, dude. Super cool. And you spark like the next 25, 30 years for the next generation, you know, like what it has well, been for you, your I journey. I don't want to take, the, I don't want to take credit for anyone's own, you know, um, skill development or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, if you can at least not be a dick in someone's life, yeah. I reckon that's, yeah, yeah. that's a cool thing. Yeah. If you can then not be a dickhead and then go, 
hey, man, there's this cool thing you yep. can do that isn't just having the beers, taking the pills or whatever. Exactly. Here's exactly. like a little outlet that can keep you, you know, inspired, maybe yep. connect with a community of people, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a awesome thing fuck dude and you're an awesome cunt and i can't thank you enough for all your contributions brother thank you for coming down to beers beats and the beers i hope it's been Pleasure. a good one man might as well leave these cunts with a little bit more of this nas remix man let's just play a little bit of this man, out as we go man this is beers beats and the beers for another week that was rain man hit his fucking um hit his um soundcloud find him on social media fuck what's your social media at rain uh rain mantic at rain uh, instagram r-a-i-n-m-a-n-t-i-c yeah uh, I'll link bank camp. Yeah, I'll bank link camp everyone stuff. to everything on awesome. fucking when this goes. Actually, this goes live Tuesday. So yeah, once again, folks, man, this is beers, beats, and the biz. It's another week. We're doing this. Fucking holler at us, get at us, spread us around, share us around, boom, 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 all that good shit. We'll roll out with this one. Shouts to Rain Man. Thank you. <laughs>